Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD on Twitter, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, the 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. How to think like a professional DFS player? You can get it at theoryofdfs.com. Join with me this week. We got another hooper, another two weeks in a row, two hoopers in a row. Uh, you're not related to Brian Hooper, Brick75. Uh, but it's Alex Hooper who I want to say I want I wanted I wanted you on. You do you do a, a a weekly like YouTube thing for for FSI for Tilt City, mm-hmm. which is it's soccer related. I wanted to bring you on because you remind from a content perspective at least you're you're following the same path that that I did in October 2015 of I just played soccer. I listened to the Rotowire Soccer Podcast, which at that time was Andrew and Mike Gottlieb, and then Skyler and JD did the MLS stuff, and I, that's all I played. I got into DFS just because of soccer, and once I got involved, because it, obviously the soccer community is much smaller for DFS, mm-hmm. tweeted out some jokes because I'm a funny guy, and then made my own podcast, The Fantasy Flush, which was... I, did, I was doing tech podcasts at the time, and one of my tech podcasts was me ranting in the morning about all the bullshit and tech news and rant and cursing and everything that I called the morning dump. It was on the 5x5 network. So I'm like, I could do this for fantasy sports. So I would just do that, but I only played soccer. So like, if you didn't, if you didn't follow soccer, you wouldn't have any fucking clue what I'm talking about. And then from there, do that, and then I'm making memes, and we're making fun of Jimmy Madronda and Alvin Jones, Sofian Fagouli's <laughs> Phantom Gold. That was an old stuff that you, you. This is this is five years previous to you getting involved. But then, eventually, Mike Gottlieb left the podcast. Then Andrew asked me to be on the RotoWire podcast, and now I'm on Roto Grinders. I have a course. I'm playing. I'm playing pretty much every other sport, pretty much butt soccer, other than some occasions. But to me, like. Like you, you're you're five years, you're you're like me from five years ago. Well, that's dope because like literally my plan is to get on the blender plan. Um, I used to be, I used to cover the Cleveland Indians. I was a sports writer. I was in radio, and I I met my wife, and she is getting her doctorate, and she got into the University of South Florida. She moved down here. I left that job which I loved, and um. Essentially, and we've talked about it a million times, like, <laughs> best case scenario is she gets a doctor job, and I'm doing this and making content for somebody. I'm hoping somebody, you know, likes me enough to let me, to, like, actually pay me for my content. So if I can do that and play DFS all the time and get on that blender plan, man, like, we're on the same, like, I don't need to make a million dollars playing DFS. Give me that 50, 60. I'll pay for our trip wherever we're going to go that year and my wife won't leave me because I, I don't do anything. So that's, that's my plan. And we're a lot alike in a lot of other ways, other things that you mentioned too. So, and I'm a tech writer. So they, there you go. But, but you only started playing DFS, but because of COVID just like, it was never, was it never on your radar for the past? I mean, to me, I consider myself that I got in a bit late in 2015 like at the end of the boom, like when the, finally when like New York is saying we we can't have this now, like once it started getting to the headlines like negatively, that's that's what I found out about it because I never watched any of the other sports. So like I did like yeah when I was a kid, 
But like NBC Sports never had DraftKings commercials because they didn't promote their soccer product. Like I got in like then what like you must have known about it for this long. So what what did it was it just a boredom? Just screw it. It's COVID. There's not much to do. Uh, that's it. So. So because I worked in radio, like during that boom, I mean, we were yeah, you running. You should have known about it. You would we have were known running, everything. Yeah, we were. We were running like one or two commercials a break about it. And I was like, I am so tired of hearing about this. Just like I'm tired of hearing about the new blue pill or whatever, you know, sports radio advertising stuff. And yeah, I knew about it. I'm just one. I've never had disposable income because I worked in radio. And, you know, when I met my wife, I was making 25000 a year. And it's like. I can afford my apartment. That's it. And um, so I just never, I never really had the opportunity. I never considered it a path to like actually make money. My idea of like gambling was like, yeah, I'm going to bet on the bears to, to cover and I'm going to lose it. Cause I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I started playing the first time I played DFS was the world cup. Yeah. The last world cup I was you have to show up to the park four hours early when you're covering a game. Cause that's like when clubhouses and everything. So I had a lot of time to kill between, you know, the time that we're in the clubhouse and the time the actual game started. So I had some, some time to kill and I threw like 50 bucks in and played a lot of world cup, uh, made a decent amount, not having any idea what I was doing. Right. Cause you were probably, that was the world cup that we're all, all the regulars are tilting because yes. all these set piece goals with center back scoring, Yerina. they're raising their prices. The, the, you had the Swedish center back that takes yes. penalty kicks and he's 4,700 and people, he's 37% on for no reason. And then they still get a goddamn penalty kick. He had a special card in FIFA Ultimate Team that year, and I packed him, and I was like, this is my dude, and I just played him, and he would get a penalty and score. And then I I had so many lineups, I think, like, he and Yeri Mina. Yeri right, Mina, Mina also! He had, two, he had two goals in two games! Yeah, so I still play Yeri Mina just because I'm like... Yeah, sure. Like in showdowns, if yeah, I have but, money. But 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 like, see, but you understand DFS now. It's like it's the I'll take a shot on the three percent, four percent zone center back. Uh, you pair him with the set piece taker. You hope you get that goal assist combo. You yeah. win a large field GPP. But mm-hmm. on a, on a, on a three game World Cup slate, there's no reason why Yerry Mina should be forty two percent owned because he yeah. just happened because the game log only shows one game in the past and he scored a goal and we have all these casuals playing. So you look, right. you look at Pew, you look at me, you look at Saramek. Like we don't have, we, we're not playing Gary Mina at forty percent ownership at at forty five hundred for a center back when he should be three thousand, and then he scores a goal and all the donkeys get paid. And that was me until <laughs> I blew it all because I didn't know anything about bankroll management. I was like, I'm killing, I'm fucking awesome at soccer DFS. I'm going to make some money, and then I lost like that fifty dollars quick. But then I came back eventually and did baseball when baseball returned. So I had already left my job as a writer, um, and I, I had a job down here doing content for a, a nursing school, and I I had never held a job like that before. It wasn't a great job, and I was like, I'm going to play some baseball. I did a lot of studying during the day, but again, like I didn't know how to play DFS. I didn't know what I was doing, and then I had a single entry on like a 20 max, $4. I just played one entry. I played Mike Miner against the Astros. He was the cheapest pitcher on the slate. And it was when the Astros were still using the trash can. And I had Ramon Laureano. And 
Laureano hit three home runs, minor, I think, Cade 10 and six and one. And I placed third. I won like $1,500. And I was like, sweet. And I used that money to, we were rooming with my now wife's cohort member down here. We were about to get married. And this girl was a disaster. And I used that money to get out of our lease early before we got married and get our own place. And then I kept $100 and I blew right through it because I sucked. I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, so that was, I was done with it until soccer came back for COVID. And that's when I started. I was playing. So. Well, you started, I mean, at that point in May, there were, I mean, we, I mean, we, we were getting, once the NBA shut down and everything, I mean, we were we were getting like, $500,000 prize pools for like LOL and for Ukrainian you, uh, the, you, Ukraine was still playing soccer. There was a showdown and it was a hundred thousand the first cause there was just nothing else going on. Yeah. And then finally the first like real soccer league to come back was, was, was in Germany. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, I mean, the Bundesliga is for DFS. I think is the best league out of the better yes. than Premier League, definitely better than the French league. No, La Liga is, 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 uh, right. MLS sucks. I mean, like Bundesliga, like the teams play attacking football and there's enough scoring even peripherally that you, you feel, you feel like stuff's going on five games at the same time at nine 30. I miss that. Right. We don't get that anymore because of COVID. Who knows? They may not even go back to that at this point. Yeah, I hope not. I'm tired of spending my entire. I think my wife's tired of me spending my entire Saturday. So like, we can't do anything for more than two hours. Where I'm like, hold up, and I'm like, I got to write. Right, well, that, well, that's the main reason. Again. Like, like MLS never became big because like that was the first league I stopped playing. Like, as obviously, the soccer lobby is much smaller than the major sports. So once you start getting good at DFS, once I started getting good and expanding to baseball, to football, to basketball, eventually in 2018, like, what do you prioritize? I used to grind every MLS slate, every interleague, before they had interleague. Like, then they added that. Then Europa, and it's just like, as long as there's soccer, I got something to play every day. And then, you know, you, then they introduced Liga MX, and that, that barely had any of a prize pool. So I'm like, you couldn't even find the starting lineups on Twitter. And then it's all, and, and then you don't know what the formation is because the Mexican teams play in these absurd, you know, the wingers Wild. tuck in, the center backs come up. You have, you know, you know, guys who knows. Center uh, but, backs score so many goals. There's a, there's two reds every match. We right. call it Liga Loco. But yes. MLS, MLS was always a problem because, you know, they would have the slate. It would, it, they would have the slate start at, at 630 but it would be like there's a 6.30 game and then there's a 7 o'clock game then there's two 8 o'clock games then there's an 8.30 game and then there's a 9.30 game then there's a 10.30 and because in soccer you only get the starting lineup an hour before kickoff like not an ML- MLS is not like some, sometimes you get it at 30 minutes like Premier yeah. League is always on the dot like Champions yes. League that type of stuff MLS little little you know who knows but the whole point is that this late locks the contest lock at 6.30 7 o'clock but like you have to check the starting lineups. Like there's like five windows. I used to set an alarm on my phone for all the the hour before game starts just to remind myself to check my phone at eight thirty, check my phone at nine o'clock for this lineup. And then like how how do you how do you play? I mean the prize pools were small enough as it is. I'm like I'm 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 sick of this. Yeah. So the MLS opener, um, it was three games at eight and two at eight thirty. And that I isn't that bad. Doing, 
I, it wasn't horrible, but because the lineups come out, like you said, like never on time and new England was the biggest favorite on the slate over Chicago. And that was an eight thirty game. So I'm like making up all these stacks. Teal Bunbury is in the projected lineup. He's like 500 less than Tejan Buchanan. And I, I love Buchanan. I'm plugging him in all my lineups. I have Bunbury and some one doesn't play. And like, I had a center back from Cincinnati in my lineup at 7:59 before lock, and like I still didn't know if he was in. I didn't like I wasn't sure, and it's hard to play him. <laughs> and the prize pool was only 2,000 first, but yeah, it's it's tough. It's crazy for all these things, and I definitely like the Bundesliga five at a time because then I could just do it and stop worrying about it. But yeah, it's all over the place, and I have trouble with. You know, my, my work schedule is nine to six. I have a 40 minute commute. So like I was trying to play NBA. Oh, you can't, you can't possibly play NBA in those situations. No, no. I stopped real quick. Um, Dude, you have to be was, pulling over your car. You'd have to be stopping in the middle of the road. I was getting home at 6.50, running in here, checking FSI, seeing what to do. You know, I was listening to Awesome all day. I listened to every single show because I need something to listen to while I'm writing. And I like kind of have an idea, but like you've mentioned a million times, like people play it. No, like you don't know until the end. And then like half your lineup you have locked in and then 930 all of a sudden it's like, homie's taking a rest. Like DeMar DeRozan, he ain't playing tonight. You your entire team sets. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially right now. So yeah, I, I love the NBA. I don't know that I'll ever go back to NBA DFS. I, don't, I just don't know that I can stomach it because like, unless my wife goes out of town for, a weekend, like I'll grind all night. I don't care. I don't have anything better to do. But like, I love my wife, and I'd like to spend some time with her. And I got like two hours between when I get home from work and go to bed. I'm like, I ain't doing this. So yeah, it's all over the place. But yeah, my Saturday Sunday, I know what I'm doing. I'm getting up. I'm playing the early game, and I'm playing that classic slate, and it's set. Everything else, wild west. Like I don't know what I'm playing sometimes. Right, but you see that like I'm I'm on, on the for the Premier League slates. Some of the champions league slates, like I'm, I don't grind soccer at, like I used to. And right. then when I well, do, you, like I, I've always been a from the beginning, like a cash game, small field GPP type of player. I used to play build ten liners for large field GPPs. I used to I used to hand build everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't even I don't even use an optimizer for, for soccer. Even if I'm building ten twenty lineups, I'm manually putting stuff in. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you you notice the I've I've always said that the sock the cash lobby for soccer is the hardest, is the sharpest on all of DraftKings, and you're you you were playing cash games. Well, I, I think you, you still do, because uh, I know because we we played against each other. We, yeah, we've had head to heads. It's it's weird to say that a lot of the half 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 more than half of the soccer lobby. In the head-to-heads and the uh, double-ups are the same. Are, are October 2015 when I started playing soccer DFS? It's it's the same people. I believe that, and so I stopped for the most part. I was looking at my roto tracker today, just kind of in preparation for the show, just trying to make sure I knew everywhere I was. And I'm career like negative 500 in double-ups in soccer. I'm I've made twelve thousand dollars in the last year total, and which is I'm, nothing. This nothing. That's good. I'm very happy with it. Trust me, it's uh, it's gone a long way to the house down payment fund, so I can get out of this 800 foot apartment when uh, my wife gets a job. But 
it's I'm, I'm very happy with it but minus 500 like i hit my big i won 7500 on a classic slate in i want to say it was november might have been september but you know for that first five six months i'm playing two dollars a slate six dollars a slate eventually so like i barely had time to lose that much money and double ups and then it was just once i took that step up and you know nine out of the 16 in the double ups i'm playing above five dollars is cerevac and pew and you and gator and tendrils and all these all these dudes just like wipe the floor and i just you look at my chart man it's just like nope like as soon as i hit that point i'm just down so i stopped playing it i started playing head-to-heads and i was catching a lot of the overnight like at the start of the premier league i was getting i think like a lot of euros who were trying to get on the platform because I'd get all my head-to-heads picked up overnight. I'd wake up at 6.30, and all of a sudden I'd have 4 or 5. you're a new person. Up. Like, I think that's the big, right. biggest difference is that, like, like, dude, I can post head-to-heads and sell none of them. Either right. either it's it's a, it's it's either the fact that you I use all my 10 blocks on soccer mm-hmm. because I don't want to auto-match against Saramac or Red... I don't, I don't need I don't need that. PSU, I already... You know, Sean, yeah, I, I'm not going to... It was trading rake. Fear my turtle. Yeah, right. We're all we're all trading rake with each other. Uh, Avaldo, I don't block, but we don't typically take his game. We, we don't take each other's games on purpose. But I know Avaldo. He doesn't mind. He he has a million dollar job. He he plays for pride. He has no problem playing me if he's like I'll if we match we match. He'll play sure. me in a five thousand dollar head to head. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, so I don't mind as long as he's not like taking up volume that I could go to somewhere else. But then you also have people that block me. So like I would yeah. look and I'd see like the the, the five dollar double ups because I can't even play the three and the one dollar ones right. and the head to heads and I'd see like a hundred and seventeen five dollar head to heads posted and then it, it gives me the error of like there's no there's no games yeah there's no that or it'd be like you right, right? like I it'd had, be like oh, I'll, I'll Lex Hooper okay I, well I guess we're auto matching because I need another because I can't get the I like dude it's hard to get more than a thousand dollars of good action in the soccer cash lobby that it's like. Like I don't consider you to be a bad cash player in in soccer, but you, you, you're not you're not as good as some of the you're not good no. as some of the top ones. My roto tracker says that clearly. Right. I I wasn't able, so I had you blocked for a while. I don't. I think because I started playing MLS, I and we had spoken, and I was like, if we play, we play. Like that's cool, and I enjoy. It. And you know, I knew where you were. I listened to the show, and I was like, yeah, it's like a that's that's cool. It's a good way to get my name out there. Maybe he knows who I am, and here we are. But I needed to block Money Machine. Uh, Skyler, you need to block. Oh, you, you need to block Skyler in MLS. I don't mind yes, not blocking. That's why. Media. That's why I took you off, is because I was blocking Skyler. And um, but other than that, I was getting you. I was getting uh, Emu up. I was right. getting. Yeah, he posts. I take his games. Yeah, last name with two E's. I don't. Oh, your name E. Your name. Yeah. yeah right. Name okay, e. I know him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had him blocked for a while, but like. Emu was beating me. I I would come on to the Let's just We're make it clear. Him. No one that regularly posts in the soccer head-to-head lobby is a bad player. Right. That's the thing. It's, it's the difference. So it's a very marginal difference. Yeah. I stopped. I stopped playing head-to-heads. I was like, I'm losing money. It's been, you know, I think it was like a month run, and I was like kind of even. And I was like, I'm going to do GPPs. I'm, I think I'm better at scripting. Let's see where it goes. And I was up 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 
and then downtown. You know, it, exactly like you've always explained, exactly like anyone who's ever explained the ups and downs of DFS, it, it went exactly like that. You know, different cash games, I was like, up, oh, up, oh, up, oh, up. Oh. And then I had those swings, and then it was just like wild. All right, GBPs, you go from I, I've solved, I've solved all of the, my ills. I'm the greatest player in the world. Yeah, right. And then three months later, you're like, I don't think I'll ever be able to win ever again. I was down one thousand dollars heading into the Saturday that MLS started. I won a showdown GPP, like a one dollar showdown GPP, and made one hundred eighty. And then I placed third in the MLS, whatever, one five hundred, and then Sunday won another dollar GBP. So like all of a sudden I'm back. I'm like I'm I'm right. I'm down. All it takes I'm is one slate. You're done. You're good. Week. You're back. Yeah, one weekend, and I'm like, oh, all right, I'm not bad anymore. And that's like I know I've said to you before. Like I've thought about just like I need a break, and then it just pulls me back in because I'll I'll win enough. And it happens like that with me too because I play a lot of satellites. Like I have the big dreams of you know the the 50 to 60 a year but like i i can't get there volume wise right now i can't really afford some of the bigger yeah swings. but that's how i started but you're talking right, i know yeah you're, I that's have, why i said you're to reflect like dude right. the, i was playing the same volume you're playing now is what i was playing six months into me playing dfs also yeah, and I was playing when I started. I was playing like two dollar double ups and sixty cents in GPP, and I mean that was less than a year ago. And I got lucky, but I was hitting those satellites. That's how I got to where I was. Was I loaded up like twenty two tickets? I think twenty four tickets to a bit. It might have been like the golden goal or whatever. It was just a random slate. And Callum Robinson drops three on Chelsea. I had him with. It was a game stack. Tammy Abraham scored, Vared to check it, allowed it. I'm in the pool, meanwhile, with my wife. We're down, and I'm just checking my phone, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm in the mix. And I had to make a late swap, get to Alex McCarthy instead of Nick Pope, because people in front, whatever. It doesn't matter. But my point is, I only got there because I was playing satellites, and I still do that. And, you know, I wouldn't have erased that recent $1,000 swing had I not done that. And it can be risky, and there's times where, like, I can't win a satellite, so I go into something with two tickets, and I'm like, here are two random shots. But the only way I can kind of accelerate uh, that bankroll, I think, is by playing that. Because, like, I don't play a lot of those 15, the you know, the 10,000 to first, 3,000 to second, seven dollars to third right set of steak knives that's it yeah yeah right i can't you know i'm not gonna accelerate to that point unless i'm just winning tickets on 10 cent entries but the nice thing is that i win enough of those that i i see shots go in and i know i'm good enough to luck into a gpp win as long as i can just get on the dance floor and get some shots on goal so right i mean i did the same thing i i won satellite tickets my first started october 15th they were running satellites for the boxing day special which is a $20 GPP. Love it. And I never played the $20. I always played the $3 GPP. I play five entries into that. I'd play like $40 in cash games. Like that's what I did in the very beginning. I mean, like I don't, I don't just automatically show up playing, but I won, I won, I think I won 12 tickets to that $20. Damn. Like I've never played a $20 GPP. I've never played this much volume, but I got, I got, I got 12 tickets and on boxing day, like all the teams play. So this is the biggest, one of the biggest slates in the, the Premier League season. And I didn't win, but I came in like ninth, 11th, 12th, right. 17th. Like I got a lot of those spots. A like Yosi Perez, he scored, he scored a goal. I had him in the, he, it was back, back in the days where I pretty much only played the dinky do, 
which is like you just make erase goals from the slate and just yep. play the guys that give you the highest floor. Back then, we also had one point crosses and 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 eleven man lineups, so right. goals didn't matter as much. I could make them up everywhere. I just you'd give me yep. Payet and Sigurdsson. Kevin De Bruyne, those types of players. I'll just fill them all up. Feel free to chase the goals after me. I'll score 12 points in every slot, especially with one-point crosses. But, like, I turned the satellite tickets into $2,400. Right. Just out of the blue. And then, just like you said, I, sh- I should be playing the $27 golden boot mid-stakes GPP because I'm good enough. I played this $20 right. GPP, and that $2,400 went back down to 400 bucks by the end of January. And then I had to build myself back up again. But same thing with the, the satellites. Like, you learn, like, all of this is a learning process. You learn from yeah. the experience. You learn how to play better. Like, when you started with, like, obviously in the World Cup, you, you probably, you may not even have known anything about, you're just, you're throwing lineups in. It's recreation. There's no, there's no, it's, there's no, I'm going to do some research or I'm going to go on who scored or, 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 or Rotowire or stuff like that. Like, once you got back into Bundesliga, like, how how did you how did you learn how to play? I always say that I learned how to play from, especially back then, uh, by just studying the best players' line, studying Saramac, especially when you're just playing cash games, right. primarily. And you're like, I'm going to study Saramac, Old T, Pew Pew Pew, Devo Ten Ninety Nine. He plays once in a while now. Like mm-hmm. all all the, all the good players back then, and then. Figure out why certain players, like this is before like projections and soccer projections are kind of murky as it is. Never use them. Right. I don't, it's one, it's not needed as much. Uh, But how did, how did you go about like, obviously, obviously you must've found the podcast that me and Andrew do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, so I started with FSI. I, I think I just Googled it. I was on either my lunch break or just. I didn't give a shit because that job sucked and I was just YouTubing it and I found Gator and he does the slate by slate breakdowns. And I think I paid pretty quick. I think I ponied up to get a membership pretty quick and I got in there and there's a lot of really smart players in there. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a learner, man. Like, like I said, my wife's getting her doctorate. My brother's a doctor. My best friend's got a master's and working on his doctor. Like I, I surround myself with people who like to learn, and that's always been me, except I just go about it differently. So that was one big thing, was just being around smart people. That community is very helpful. It always has been. And then, yeah, I found you guys fairly shortly after, and that's always been a big help. And then I started following you guys and seeing all these sorts of things. I'm I'm always supplementing, you know, I'm always trying to learn still now. Like I'm not, I say I'm in the top 30th percentile of players. I think that's where I would put myself, but I'm always trying to learn. And that's why I started the show though, because my buddy Tom that I do the show with, he, he lost his job. I was also unemployed at that point. I got laid off from that job that I hated. Thank God. It was one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Um, and I, I was grinding every slate. I was playing every slate. So that repetition was huge. But I wasn't taking the time, after hearing you talk about it a million times, like to go check these people's lineups, I noticed that I wasn't really doing it except when I was on my phone. And I was like, I should scroll up and see what won. And I was like, I'm just going to do a show. It's going to force me to do it. You know, I like doing content. This is like, this is what I like to do is have these conversations. 
So I was like, why not have it? Uh, Tom played fantasy Premier League. He's not a huge sports guy, but he loved soccer. So I was like, let's just do this. We'll talk. We'll kind of recap the Premier League. And I'll just teach you what I know, which is basically parroting what you say here, what you and Andrew say, uh, what Gator and Tendrils and all those guys in FSI say. Like, I'm just learning to regurgitate it. And I, somehow in all of this, I, I didn't mention, I asked for Theory of DFS for my 30th birthday. And I got it. And That was your birthday present? What a, yeah. what a shitty birthday present. Nah, man. <laughs> I won $7,500 within a month of finishing. Okay. What, it, was it because of that? Who knows? It was all of it. it I mean, it's all, all it. it's all it's all the, it's it, it's all the game theory. I mean, but in soccer especially, like as far as like there's a page on RotoWire. Me and Andrew did a whole bunch of strategy podcasts over the mm-hmm. course of a two year period that you could go and listen to twenty hours worth of soccer content. Of course, we're mentioning players that may not even be in the yeah. Premier League anymore, uh, but just like the whole attitude of. Of like on DraftKings scoring because a lot of people they play FanDuel and DraftKings. It's like two different scoring mm-hmm. systems, two different ways of playing. But like, how did how did you learn more of the stuff of like that set piece takers provided the highest floors, that fullbacks versus center backs in the defender position, how how uh, forwards typically the way that they're priced don't have floors. Like you're either going for goal scoring odds or you're just punting, and goalkeeper is just close your eyes, most likely pay down, right. and and hope for the best. Like, how did you learn, like, the construction elements? of? Because that's uh, what the Rotowire... I mean, really, if you listen, yes, to, right. listen to me and Andrew on Rotowire, we don't talk about GPP strategy much. No. It's, it's really just, here's a half an hour of, if you want to know what the chalk construction is, even if you don't play cash games, if you want to know what the top plays of the slate are, like, you'll get it in a half an hour. Of course, we're deciding amongst kind of a cash lineup, like, what would be the optimal for that? But you could tell, like, if we didn't mention someone, it's probably because they, they're they very goal-dependent. Right. Their goal-scoring odds are not high. They could score. Go ahead. Take a shot if you want. Sure. But you could say that about, like, fucking half the players on the slate. So what we're not we're not breaking down the tactics of the teams or anything. No. We're just like, well, they, this guy ends up going out wide if this guy happens to be in who's going to take set pieces in this scenario do you pay up at forward do you pay down at defense like the, to me the, the construction elements are the more helpful things and here are the players that based on the news that we have now because obviously the starting 11 could be a little bit different like this expect to see these types of lineups and if you want to if you're playing large field gpps and you want to get different but if you don't know what the like the best plays are, like like here's a show that in we're we're essentially giving you the best plays without saying that they're plays, but we're putting it in the span of a, like a cash construction. Right, and you guys were huge for me for that. But and I'm not here just to do a plug, but like at FSI, like I've been a part of just about every tout, every big tout. Uh, in DFS for some period of time. And I've never been in a place that like everyone will actively like help you along. And like, I mean, six, seven guys just be like, well, this is what you want to do. And the foundational information was very helpful there. Like I didn't have to struggle to learn that stuff. And, you know, he's got like every slate, we got a color coded uh, 
positional outline with circles on the guys who are cash friendly underlines and blue circles on the guys who take sets. Like it, it was ingrained in me pretty quickly. So when I eventually did find you guys not too long after I was playing and, you know, once the Premier League came back was, you know, when that was, it was already kind of wired in my head. Right. So. It's, wi- it's wired to like, you see the starting 11s, you're like, oh, there's this $2,700 guy that's playing fullback. Right. Most likely I'm playing him in my cash lineup. Right? Lock him in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, it was easy. And I think my, my development over time, because I was really only playing cash um, to start. I, I am very risk averse. I'm very, very risk averse. I've, I've never been on a roller coaster. I, uh, I don't hate roller care. coasters. I, I don't care to fly. Um, I'm getting better at that. But, you know, I'm just, I'm very risk averse in every part of my life. And so I'm like, I'm going to play these cash games. I'm going to just slowly creep. So I learned that. And I know you've said this a million times. It's like, if you don't know what the cash lineup, the, the chalk cash lineup is going to look like, then it's like you shouldn't really even be playing a GPP. I don't know if you've said that exactly. Right. But. Well, I mean, if you that in order to get uh, GPPs are about leverage. So if you're not going to yes. know what the what what the opponents are playing, more likely, right. then how the hell are you going to gauge what a good GPP lineup is? Right. So that's what I was doing initially. And I didn't really make a foray into GPPs. Until I was winning those tickets, you know, I would be like, it's 10 cents and I can get seven lineups and just like maybe I win one. And once I started winning those, I was like, oh, so this this is how I get it. I think one of the main ways I was getting tickets early on was the MLS's back tournament. I played double keepers a lot in showdowns. And no one and barely no one does that. Yeah, right. And there were a lot of nil-nil games or, you know, the the losing keeper would get peppered and I would fit in all four, you know, with MLS, it's kind of top heavy where like the guys who are good are way better. So I could fit all four of them in because I'm playing a $3,700 keeper and captain. He would give up one goal, but make 12 saves and I'd get a clean sheet up from the other goalie as well. Like, so I've learned mostly the lineup constructions that can win things. And I think that's been a big benefit to me along the way is I don't chase players. I chase like kinds of lineups. Well, that, it, that's, that's the right way to think. Like a lot of people in show, like in sh- soccer showdown, for instance, the most popular lineup is going to be that the, the monopoly set piece taker of the favorite team is going to be the most popular captain or the highest goal scoring odds player is going to be the, 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 popular captain and then there's you're going to probably play a, if it's a heavy like if it's man city versus who knows what it's going to be a 5-1 lineup yeah. like that's going to be the chalky lineup but that doesn't mean that the lineup that's most likely to win you first right. the lineup that's more likely to win you first may end up being the the cheap goal scorer of the other team in your captain and then you just you have like the four man city players that get all the points and then yeah. some cheap guy that gives you three, but the only way to build that lineup is that lineup. And the thing is, the captain's only 2% owned, and right. you can't make that construction without doing it that way. Like, But this is, the, you've heard me say a million times, like, lineup's not players. Yeah. Like, this this is, you, you're, you're going with that double goalkeeper lineup, and to a normal person be like, what are you, stupid? Right. Like, like this, is, this, is, this is a lineup that is a much lower ceiling, because you have players that are negatively correlated to one another, yeah. but but you, your win condition for those lineups are the zero zero one zero games that many right. people don't like building. No, people don't like building 
especially like an NFL showdown. Like my fav- my favorite are when the when the total is like fifty four or yeah. something. Or even if the total's 42, like sometimes we have these low total games and people are still building like quarterback, three wide receiver stacks as if like the game's going to shoot out because that's what people want. Yes. They, that's more exciting. And I'm building these lineups that are semi-uncorrelated. And I'm like, if this game turns out to be 10 to 7, like the lineups that could win are going to be these messy lineups. And I'm like, I'm going to build 100 of them knowing that if it's a high scoring game, I could just like take my money and flush it down the toilet. But if it's not... I have shots at, at you know, 500,000 to first place by myself. And that's, I love doing that. And I, I actually never really thought of it that way in football because I generally only play soccer. And I think if I had to expand to another sport, it would be football. One, because it's more event-based and like soccer. And I feel like I could build to that a little more. I think it's not hockey, as, a lot of people have said that hockey true, and soccer. Go true. Better. That makes more sense. And you're trying, and, and and hockey, you're stacking lines. Stacking, right? Right. So I, so so that there's there's in soccer, you don't. I mean, you have to admit in soccer, there's really stacking is not really a thing. See, I do it too much. I do it way too much. I have a lot of classic lines where it's like, oh, United's playing Burnley, and the first match, like I don't think anything's gonna happen. So let me get five United guys in there. And then every time I'm like, it's like a cash lineup level where I'm like, yeah, some guys, the two goal scorers were good, but then like the other guy, and every time afterwards, I'm like, why do I keep doing this? Like, it's not the right lineup. And Right, it, I, it wins if Man United scores six goals. Sure. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm essentially scripting for five nothing, which is like the opposite. And I was going to get to this point before. I look at it as Newton's what first or second law, like nothing's going to be in motion until a force is acted upon it. Like in soccer, like it's going to be nil nil until someone scores a goal, which sounds obvious, but like that shit doesn't always happen. So like I'm when I'm making lineups for. For example, this is one of my biggest tilt-worthy moments of my career. The Champions League final, Bayern and PSG. I had a feeling for Bayern. I had like 26 tickets I had won to this thing. And um, Parlor Boss, he's, I think he's like WHS3 in Roman numerals on DK. He hasn't played in a while. But he taught me like in showdowns, like just stack one nothing Because... The great thing about one nothing stacks and showdown is if you get one of the goal scorers right, there's a good chance one of the other guys on that stack like gets an assist or maybe picks up the other goal. And if you have a keeper, then that's 10 free points if it does go one nothing. Those lineups are a little sunk if that doesn't happen, obviously. But so essentially with soccer, like just give me the goal scorer and I'll pack as many floor guys who might get assists, keeper, and then whatever works on the other side. Just pack it with floor guys. So in the Champions League final, I pre-built. I was I was unemployed. We drove back to Ohio. I was at my parents' place. My grandparents were coming over. We were going to social distance. It was the first time I was going to see them in a while. And I was like, I want to get these lineups taken care of, so I'm not building when my grandparents are here. I just scripted one nothing 26 times. I had one stack with Perisic captained to account for if he scored in a one nothing game. And then Kimmich, Neuer, Neymar, and I think like, uh, what I don't know that it matters to the rest of your audience, Paredes, whatever. Another decent floor guy to fill in my lineup. 
And the only switch that Hansi Flick made that day was he played Coman over Perisic. And I, instead of switching that line from Perisic to just a Coleman one nothing, um, I switched it to another Neymar line. I was like, I don't have enough Neymar lines. I'm going to go for that. It ends one nothing. Coman scores the goal, clean sheet. The winning lineup is Parlor Boss with the build that I had with Coleman and Captain instead of Perisic. And that was a 20,000 first. But so, like, I, I go into a lot of these with just these one nothing builds because like in a match like that, if it's so even too, it's champions league final and it's not going to be this run amok shot, shot, shot sort of thing. It was a lot of possession. And it's like, if it's one, nothing great, if it's two, nothing, like I can still catch that. There's a lot of insurance in those lineups. So I, I build that way a lot. I don't do it as much anymore because I wasn't accounting for anything more than one to nothing. You know, I'm playing 20 max in the dollar because that's what I can afford. And to cover every one nothing, I'm going to need more than 20 entries. So I've now started to get as many, like, different one nothing builds and account for more 1-1 one, one and higher scoring games. But Right, so, so you can retain as much equity as you can so you're not yeah. constantly losing all your money every slate. Right, and I was because when the game's three to two, your lineups are, are dead. Done, toast. Yeah, and I was playing way too much keeper. You know, once I really, once I saw the shots go in a little bit on those one to nothing scripts, you know, like let's run these keepers, baby. Let's just keep. If it's one nothing, I'm 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 living. And sometimes even with the clean sheet, like at the price, the keeper doesn't even make sense, even in a one nothing game, in the optimal lineup. So I've had to learn that the hard way. But repetition. To answer the question from a while ago, like, repetition, man. Like, I wouldn't have learned any of these things had I not been grinding every single slate all those years. And I lose a little steam sometimes now because I can't play, you know, like, I can't sit down and really go after uh, a 3 o'clock Champions League slate with all my time, especially because I have a departmental meeting scheduled for 2 o'clock on Tuesdays. So that that Tuesday Champions League is out the window for me because I'm in a meeting as soon as lineups come out. But they, they, they've even taken away that from us. It used to be the best sweat in all of DFS. The best sweat in all of DFS is Tuesday and Wednesday Champions League group stage when they had all eight games at the same time. Now they have two early and six late. And six is still fine. But still, when they had eight at one time and two hours and you're done and all the half times are pretty much aligned. Yeah. So you could kinda you could kinda take your fifteen minute break and then go back and then end up with the the Roma, uh, the, the fucking Lukaku goal four minutes into stoppage time. You're in first place and now you're in forty fourth place on one shot of the like that type of shit. Like yeah. to me, like if you haven't played if you haven't played soccer DFS since it's so event driven it's like it's like a football slate, but you instead of NFL football being this long picture, just jam all the touchdowns into like two minutes, into like into like uh, into a two hour period, and then you just like because because on an eight game slate there could be there could be thirty eight goals scored. Yeah, those were the yeah. slate. Those are me and Andrew on on the podcast would always be we go from the Premier League and go like okay we have a five game slate. I'm building my lineup as if goals don't count. Right, because mm-hmm. I just jamming in Same. set piece takers or whatever, Same run me down, that. and then yeah. there's Champions League where where we have some of these matchups where it's it's Real Madrid versus FC Michelin or or something <laughs> like that. That they're to- the, the average total is three and a quarter, 
And I'm going, you know what I'm going to end up doing? I'm jamming all the set piece takers and lose by 60 points because there's going to be too many good. You're going to, Ronaldo is 11-7, yet you still have to play him because he actually has a 50% chance of two goals in this game. And it's just like, okay, and and then, or or Messi, things like, like, you just like, I can't, you you, got to play for like, you need to score 120 points. But it made it so much like the sweat is more exciting. A lot of people think of soccer as a oh, low scoring. Right. They play this, they play the prem, they play a premier league slate with like, and the, and the slate is like, it's West Brom versus Fulham and it's crystal palace versus, versus <laughs> Villa or something. And like, and it's like out of, out of four games, there's like a total of three goals. And they're like, wow, this is boring as hell. And it's like, well, yeah. it's not that boring. I'm still like, like, Oh, was that, are they going to count that as a cross? That was that kind of went into the box. Are they gonna? You're sweating up the stats now. Opta, right? Right? Is that a tackle one? I don't know. Look like a tackle one. Are they gonna credit that? And then some some games that 18 people get tackle ones, and the other games you like nothing. It's like it seemed like I was watching the same games. Apparently the stats people don't agree with me. But I mean, (laughs) but that's for a soccer perspective. But at least like the Champions League stuff, when the games are all at once. Like even Europa League, the problem with Europa League is that obviously now these teams are even less uh, popular compared to like the the mod. Like to you would hear more normal people: Bayern, PSG, mm-hmm. Man City, Liverpool. You know they they heard of these teams, but dude, I, I I was playing Europa League back in the day, and we'd come out with the group stage, and I'd be like, I don't even know where this team is located. I don't, I, I've 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 literally never heard of this team before, and I have to go on who scored, and and there wouldn't even be there'd only be goal and assist stats. Yeah. Like because the league the like the the whatever arc uh, the Turkmenish league just didn't keep like Opta didn't use the like so it's like uh everyone's 4200 and I don't know who takes set pieces. Like I, I have no idea and of course they're like a big underdog anyway so you're probably not playing them but the best games in those in those slates were when the two crap teams Played yeah. each other. The two team, the team, the the team from Poland, and because the, <laughs> the Polish league isn't good, uh, and and the and the and the, the Belgian like Ghent, Ghent yeah, is yeah, it yeah. like, and it's like two teams, and the, and DK would never price them up enough, so it's like like the highest price guy is six thousand, but like, and then everyone would would jam pack in like uh, it would be like uh, Liverpool Barcelona. And it's like everyone's priced efficiently, like everyone's priced like they would normally be priced, and you're like. Like I don't want to play anyone in this game. Like it has the highest total, yet anyone could score, and everyone's two ten thousand. And it's like, no, I want to play all these thirty eight hundred dollars guys from the two teams that are fighting to not to get to 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 not come right. in fourth place where it matters, yeah. right? You want to see uh, some of that fun is play an NWSL slate for a second, try and figure out, try and log on to the World Wide Web and you 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 you, pl- you played you played the showdown slate right with the. The first game of the of the team that that I've 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 season tickets for here. Oh, really? Well, racing. Like you said, you said like you rostered Ashley Harris for the first time. I'm like, oh, you're you're actually. I'm watching that game. I didn't play the showdown slate, but it's like I'm actually watching that game. I'm I'm watching I'm watching racing Louisville play. Nice. Yeah. No. I. It's it's funny because a lot of people are all on the same people, and then it's again like it's top loaded, and those those contest did not fill so you want to talk about chasing overlay like i was like yeah i'll just enter into every single one of these slates and i have as good information as anyone else but 
Yeah, uh, that's that's dope. I'm trying to get to a Pride match at some point. Go see Ashton play, but I dig it. Yeah, I. But, I but, but the, that the problem, but the, the thing is with those slates, and the main reason why you don't see me in them is that, like you mentioned, it's the same people. Like yeah. it's the same people. It's like also the no liqu- prize pool. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, the the prize pool. You're going to be doing the same amount of of mental energy, mm-hmm. no matter what the prize pool, no matter what it is, whether it be MLB, NFL, whatever. Whatever it is, like, you're still going to play. You're not going to, oh, well, the prize pool sucks. I'm just going to just blindly pick someone. No, you're going to do, you're going to do exactly what you do. So you have to, like, what's, what, what is it worth? And is it worth me figuring out who, uh, how the Orlando Pride play in, a, in an exhibition game? How my own, I don't even know who takes set pieces for my own goddamn team. I'm like, probably Savannah McCaskill, but I mean, exactly. but. But uh, they'd they'd Ekich taken, and she's a rookie, and she was taken from one side, and like like, do I want to deal with this for a five hundred dollar prize? I don't. No, I don't want to. Like, the only reason I even knew is because I'm watching the game because it's a team that I have season tickets for because I'm yeah. going to the games here. But outside of that, do I want to research NWSL teams? Do I want to research they during COVID towards the end of COVID they were the Danish? Uh, there was a ten game Danish oh, league yeah. slate. I played that. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here! I, I, I'm not pretty. I, 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 is Christian Eriksen playing? No, of course he doesn't play in the Danish league. Uh, Evander for ten thousand one hundred. Got to plug him in. Whoever that is. How do I research twenty teams now? If you're already playing the league, like Bundesliga was never on DK until COVID, right. so we never played Bundesliga teams unless they were in Champions League or Europa League. Mm-hmm. So now we have. Now I didn't watch the Bundesliga much, especially. Now in 2020, because I'm following all the other sports and I'm playing yeah. everything else. But at least I know that if you're going to continue to have Bundesliga, I'll learn the players by 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 the third or fourth week. I'll know I'll know that you just you plug in Philip Kostic and then yes, you right. set the rest of your lineup. Like I, you yes. just you just know that, right? You yeah. you you know what the floor forwards are. You so for a 10 game Danish league slate, it's like they're never going to have this shit. I mean, like. So what's the, why am I going to spend two hours on who scored trying to parse together who does what? And then the prize pool is only like $5,000. See, for me, it made a lot of sense because I'm just like, all right, I'll build a lineup just like every other lineup. I'm going to play every set taker. There's a $2,700 fullback and just roulette on the forward. Yeah, but you're, but see, the difference is you're at, you're at, from five years ago, that's what I would have done because that's all I played. I played only soccer DFS and I only played 50 to 100 bucks a slate. To begin with, so like a five thousand dollar prize pool is whatever. I played MLS. I mean, MLS yeah. prize pools sucked. Also, two, I played the, 2000 the, the other day. right the the MLS. I won the big GPP for the MLS opener, and it was I, I think it was a thousand dollars. I think yeah. it was like this year. that's it. That was yeah. the big GPP. That this is back in like two thousand sixteen. Yeah. It hasn't changed. It's not like like no. The prize pools haven't gotten bigger. Satellites for that, and I, when I saw it come across the way, I was like two thousand first, like. The equity, you know, um, the tickets that I won probably cost in total, I don't know, four dollars a ticket. But when you consider all the ones that I lost, I'm paying six, seven dollars an entry for an eleven per entry to get two thousand first. It's like, oh man, like that's it's not even worth it. But I mean, it was in the end because I erased my thousand dollar losing streak and got back on track. But yeah, it's it's that different level and. Anything was a good prize pool to me before, and now I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like, do I really, like, am I really going to take time out of a day to go 
do that. And I'm glad I did again with that one. But I'm getting to that point and 10,000, 20,000. If it's a 5,000 the first or a 10,000 the first, I'll throw one. And I don't think this is a terribly disciplined way to do things, but I've also got eyes like this when it comes to big prize pools. I'll throw like one just wild, but legitimate and could have, you know, like that double goalie thing. I think I did that with City and Chelsea in the FA Cup. I was like, I'm going to captain Keppa and I'm going to rock like KDB, Cancelo. I don't know if I play at Ederson, but basically like 5-1 with Keppa captain. I'm like, no one's right. going to captain Keppa. One, he sucks. Two, they're going to get their doors blown off. And it almost worked out. But Werner scored, and I had different four. It doesn't matter. But like, I'll throw those in because like fifteen dollars on that isn't a huge loss. Whereas like, if I'm using all one hundred and fifty dollars of that slate's allowance for me, my ten percent or whatever, I don't even know that I'm playing ten percent. I'm thinking, I think I'm playing five percent because again, risk aversion. Like, I don't feel like I'm any closer with fifteen. $15 entries as opposed to one. Like, I feel like the same thing's going to win. Again, like, this isn't disciplined. It's just kind of what I do when I see the big prize pools. But I'm getting to that point where my eyes are a little bigger than my wallet, and that can be an issue with staying disciplined. Like, for me, I'm playing... What I can afford, basically, right now in EPL is max out the $4 eight entry, max out the 20 entry $1, max out the quarter, and then play some satellites and the best day I can have doing that best slate I can have is about if I really hit like 350 and like when you've won 7,500 and you're grinding out every day to try to, you know, maybe win tickets to get back into a big one and hit a 15 or hit a 20,000 first, like sometimes it can be like, that's a lot of energy to put into like, I think today I won about 350 something like that and even then i was like all right it's cool it's a nice amount of money but like it's weird kind of being in that in between where i've seen bigger paydays and i know i can get them but i'm still like it's still almost feels like playing cash because the prize pools are small you know what i'm saying right but i mean you have to build it up some way right Right. But with GPPs, I'm getting those swings and I'm like, I suck. And then. But that's I, the what that's what it is. But that is right. what it is. That, it, and I have to get used to it. I've had to get used to it. And it's just it's just the reps and putting those together. Like when I get cold, I get cold. And when yeah, there's I get no hot, such thing as I cold or hot. hot. You right. know yeah, that. Yeah. That's stupid. Right. When I'm going down, I go down quick. When I right. go up, I go up quick. Like, that's GPP, fact, but, but that's not that's normal. Yeah, I know. But I've never done it. And it's it's wild, right? And people, and you probably hear, right? It's one of those things that you hear people say that this is what this is what it, no, this is this is what ends up happening. That you talk to people, right? You tell people how it is, how it really is. That's the whole point of this show. That's the whole point of this podcast. We're real people playing real DFS, real shit, good, bad, and the ugly. People, what ends up happening is that you go, no, I'm playing. I'm even. I'm I'm risk averse just like you. I play. Right. Small percentage of my bankroll. Yeah. And I have a big enough bankroll. So, like, like, even I could play more. That's probably yeah. a leak. I probably should be playing more. Uh, they'll, you'll describe swings of, like, I've had I, I, multiple $30,000 downswings. Now, to North normal people, that blows their mind. That's wild to me, man. Like, right, that's... but to me, most people look at my graph, uh, other sharp players, and go, go, it's pretty flat. Like, those downswings aren't, <laughs> you don't, I don't see many bumps because they have... 
$120,000 downswings and upswings. But you tell this to people, no matter what level you're at, if you're playing $100 a slate, you could have you could have $5,000 downswings. You could have just as fast you go up, you could you could go down. And until you actually play seriously and see that happen, most people's reaction is like, like that that's that like it's either not belief or that they believe like a lot of people, they're the exception. Right? It's always it's always that it's like Oh, I won a GPP. I'm the best in the world. I can now play 20% of my bankroll every night. It's like, well, and then uh, I've been doing it for the past two weeks and still being like, you're not the exception. Like you're going to go broke and you're not going to believe it until you, you're not going to believe it until you go broke. And then they go broke and then go, oh, should have, should have listened to everyone. Should have, should have, should have known that math, that's how math works out. That, you know, this is, it goes up and down like it. It goes up and you could be the best player and it'll do, you'll, you'll have a huge downswings. So uh, you, you've learned yeah. like you're, you're, it sounds like you're still getting used to the fact that like, like you're risk averse, but like you have, you, you almost have to embrace and prepare yourself for the fact that you may lose a significant amount of money over a short period of time with good bankroll management. Right. And but if you continue to play well and you continue to manage your bankroll satisfactory enough that you're going to come out on the other end with more you still you went down if you go down 500 two months from now you're going to be up 2000 like like if you if you just zoom out on that graph like that little down down swing that you saw it's like I had to I had to experience this in order to get to that point and most people, they get into that swing and then they start like doubling down. They're like, I have to get back quicker. And then they actually dig themselves even a deeper hole. Right. And we'll see, like, that was the good thing about when I won that I lucked into that third place MLB GPP and we pulled the money out. So I didn't lose it. Like I lost a hundred bucks and I was like, I suck. I'm done. And then I came back. But like, I've experienced those losses. And even when, like, when I started playing regularly, when it started to happen, I was like, oh my God, like. I was still playing that six, eight dollars a day, and I was down like fifty bucks in my hundred dollar bankroll or whatever it was at that point. I'm like, I'm just gonna like, I'm probably gonna. I think I even told my wife, I'm like, once I go broke, like, I mean, I'm not putting more more money back into it. And then I hit that seventy five hundred, and all of a sudden we're playing on a different scale altogether. But then, like, then I start playing you and Pew and Saramac, and I'm like, down, 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 and I'm playing cash games. And I'm like, down, I'm like, I gotta change this, and then boom, right back up. I think the first time I ever heard about the psychology, and I think that's like the first time you and I ever interacted, was you, was it Alan? Uh, Alan Lem. Alan, yeah, he wrote that article and you retweeted it. And I read it and I was in the middle, like the first time after that big win, I was down a couple of hundred bucks and I was like, I can't, I can't swim in this pool, baby. Like this is, this is over my head. I'm not good enough to swim with these sharks. And I read that and it was like, do we go through it too? And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a little a shot. And I think like two days later, I, I it was my first first place GPP where I won a thousand, and that's where I got this shirt, uh, Genie Wijnaldum. Um, How much was the shirt? This was this. I, I get these from China. These are like eight bucks. Oh, okay, okay. So you spent because some people, yeah. some people, because they, you you know what I do. Whenever I win a large field GPP, lowest. I buy the jersey of the lowest owned player in the lineup. 
But the point is, like, I remember, like, I think two weeks ago, someone in Roto Grinders Discord like won like like a thousand bucks because they played like the quarter arcade or the dollar or something, right. and they're like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get uh, some some the baseball jersey. Like baseball jerseys like hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> like don't spend. You only no. won a thousand. Don't like don't, just because you won first place doesn't like no. Like when you win fifty thousand, yeah. spending a hundred bucks is fine, but uh, probably don't spend ten ten to twelve percent of your win on a goddamn souvenir. Yeah, right. So I got this. I, I did this because Parlor Boss told me sort of sort of the same thing, and I learned yesterday that he got that from you in the first place. So that's actually how I got this genie jersey. But it's my rule is. One thousand in the first place, but yeah, I I have a million of these. These are like yeah, but that's the, an eight dollar shot. I I buy the authentic. The, yeah, right. I I have I have a hundred and forty dollar Aldrich Robinson Vikings jersey. I mean, come on, like, am I ever? It still has the tags on. I'm not I'm not wearing these, right? Yeah. See, but I'm, when yeah. he scores two touchdowns and he wins me fifty thousand dollars, I don't mind spending the hundred forty bucks. Right, and I think if I did it, and you might hate this, but I think if I did it currently. I would buy the dude's so rare card. I think that would be a more uh, equitable way to do it. So at least so so rare is better than Top Shot. At least it's better than that. So what I did was I put two hundred and forty nine dollars in the Top Shot. Oh, so you're I, risk averse? Oh, well, wait a minute. Wait, you say up. you're risk averse, and it's like, oh, I'm going to go to the Top Shot marketplace. I can't so play more than six dollars in DFS though. People were people were printing money. I didn't buy shit. I if, you pa- if you were pack flipping, I don't, I don't blame you. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I 10 X that shit. I am out. <laughs> I pulled it out. I put it in so rare. It's way more fun. It's soccer. I love NBA. I think eventually they're going to add a so rare like game with top shot. But like, yeah, man, like I have, I have a bunch of $8 moments sitting in there that are like worthless to me. Like I already 10 X. I pulled the 10 X. And if I get anything from those, fine. If I if they zero out, fine. But I'm like, no, I'm getting out of that. I at least like with Ethereum. Again, I am risk averse, and I'm. I don't know that I'm as. I don't know if you're bearish on crypto, but I know you don't like you, to go you, into. No, that you space. should know that I am. You okay, should. I didn't know if you were bearish or you just wanted to stay out of the space. But yeah, I'm I'm similar, but at least I know like I can put my money into that, and it's. Prop, it's going to stay somewhat similar for a while, and I can kind of start to build up. Like, it, why don't you put your shot. money into an index fund then? Because I'm trying to get a down payment on a house, and I'm trying to flip. Oh, seven percent return, dude. Oh, oh, is that what two it is? Little I don't know. Come on, it's, not money. it's like two thousand bucks. <laughs> it's better than just got putting into something. Look, Bitcoin went down the other day, like like ten, twelve. Ethereum, Ethereum was down in, like, in like three minutes. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, I know. It's a not, safe investment. Get out of I'm, here. I don't know enough about markets. Though. <laughs> That's the thing is like it, it's already house money and literally it will hopefully be that someday. But I just I just moved it. I wasn't going to stay in top shot. That's really that's really what I'm saying. I don't know that I'm going to stay in so rare forever. I enjoy doing it, though. Like that is an additional hobby. And I feel like I have more control not to turn this into a so rare podcast, but like I I feel like I have more control over so rare because I can buy and sell things at different prices. Whereas like DFS, I'm building a lineup. I throw it into the universe and I get back, you know, whatever I get back. It, it's more of like an active hobby for me. So when I'm not building DFS lineups, I can do so rare stuff if I have Ethereum in my hands. But that's just a quick little story about getting the hell out of Top Shot because 
I never viewed it as a long-term thing. And again, like, you know, I listen to a lot of this, pretty much everything that you do. So I obviously had heard that and I was like, yeah, I can't, I see no utility for it. So like, why would I stay in this Yeah, but that's not the, I'm not the consensus. I'm the, I'm the contrarian. I look at my, I look at my Twitter timeline. I see people buying virtual horses, but they're, they're, they're racing them against each other. People buying fucking, (laughs) fucking did eight bit things in Microsoft paint. And I'm like, I'm looking at this going. I I look at, I look at my, my IRA and I go, I'm fine to look. It's it's, it's doing 7%. I'll see it. That's what I, my, my reaction is, is don't show me what the price is now. See in 20 years like that. Like, to me, that's the time horizon. That to, and the same thing, but I view DFS the same way. Like, like just you're in the beginning. To me, I view you as you're you're still in the beginning of your journey. How far you go, how serious you take it, how big your bankroll grows, how much you expand is up to you. But like I when I was playing soccer the first first year of DFS, I I mean I come from poker, so like right. I I had the mentality of how do you play a game in a serious manner. And to me, I find that fun. And if I, if I, if I'm able to, in the first year of playing soccer DFS, my attitude was, uh, this is all like, this is all like luxury. This is all, this is what we'll go on vacation with type of money type. If I make a, if I make $5,000 or $10,000, like me and my wife could go on a nice vacation and it doesn't come out of my, my normal pay of my my regular job, which I work from home as it is, yeah. uh, doing digital marketing. But then it turned into like, just like in poker, I have a bankroll. Do I want to move up and now try to generate even more money? And then I just took the concepts, which are all in the course, right. and moved to other sports. I'm like, oh, well, this works in other sp- Like, I could win in this, and I could win in that. I can't win in PGA, though. But I could win in <laughs> uh, P- PGA's variants like there's no tomorrow. Uh, yeah. but then it got to the point where it's like, no, I, I could actually make 50 to $75,000 a year doing this. And then you get, then now you start treating it more like, a, like a business. Yeah. I mean, it's still fun, but I'm like, I'm not just throwing lineups in willy nilly here. I, t- I take days off. I'm like, I'm just not going to play this late. If I can't be around at this time, I, yeah. I I can't play multiple sites and 150 lineups on multiple sites. I end up forgetting this. I end up half-assing that. I try to. That's what. That's where the conservatism kind of comes into. Sure. Of like, am I? Maybe I'm good enough that I should. I should be playing. I should be playing every slate and every line. I, mean, I should be playing. You know, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars a day, and maybe that pro- provides me with the a, a higher return. But just the the fact of like. I, I, I play NFL. NFL is my highest volume sport. Mm-hmm. On a typical NFL Sunday, I'm playing about $10,000 in volume. Because it's the soft, especially in the beginning. You can find some soft cash games or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I know it, it, to, to the rich people out there listening, it it, it, 10000 may not seem like a lot. It's a lot. Ten, yeah. To me, I'll tell, <laughs> when, I, when, when lock hits at 1 p.m., and I have I have a, a cash lineup that has seven thousand dollars of volume attached to it because I have seven and then three thousand in GPP. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm hoping the three running backs that I like 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 I've I this this past NFL season I had like I had three losing weeks in cash in a row, and they're all for over five thousand dollars. Yeah, it makes my head spin. So it's like okay, in the past three weeks, I've lost a car, 
I'm nuke. I, I, I've lost a. I mean, like that. So, if you if that if you can't handle that, mm-hmm. maybe you shouldn't like. Maybe trying to make five hundred thousand dollars a year is it it's it's better to just try to make fifty. Like that's to me that's how I view it. Like I could do it in football for one season, seventeen weeks. I save. I say. I mean, I know. I know. I'm playing five percent of my bankroll, like in NFL season, because it's the most lucrative sport. And if I have right. a downswing, I have a downswing. Fuck it. If it wasn't right. for the fact that I won the goddamn slant that one week, it would have been a horrible. Yeah, when you win fifty thousand dollars in in a nine dollar GPP, now all of a sudden your NFL season is profitable. Yeah. Right. So that it works, but that's not. I have to look at that and like that's not the norm. Right. To win a, a seventy thousand entry GPP once a season, so when you go on in cash games, when you go six uh, six and eleven, you know that that that's that's like twenty thousand bucks, like like gone. I, can I handle that? Doing that every day for MLB, for NBA, can I like to to me? I I I I just I'd rather not risk it. I'd rather like I'll I'll play my one to two percent. And if I if I could grind, I'm right now. I'm up like twenty five to twenty eight thousand for the year. It's April, the, the middle of April. I'm 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 good. I'm, I'm sounds like a dream. That to me, that's right. I think to me and you, that sounds like yeah, the dream. But you have to work. But you have to be good enough to work to that. And I think the way that you play soccer, DFS, like like you said, you're not you're not playing in the head to head lobby. Against me and Saramac and everything. I, I, but I mean, I don't want to play. I mean, like, I, it's not like I'm sitting there going, I want to play against these. I block, I try to get the action I can with people right. that aren't those guys. But then I take a look at your lineups and you're, you're down money in cash and your lineups are fine. I look at your lineups <laughs> and I go, okay, you play, you did this construction and then you, you, you're on Tilt City on YouTube and you're showing my lineup and then like, my, you're not looking at my lineup going that you're confused about right. half the time. If you listen, listen to the Rotowire podcast, I practically tell you what the lineup, as long as there's no changes, I tell yeah. you who I'm playing. I literally like, you could guess who's going to be in at my lineup. End, at the end, I started doing that when we were still playing each other. I'm like, all right, I know what he's going to play. Like, usually I was just playing the same lineup across my head to heads, but there were times towards the end when we were playing where I was like, he said he was going to do this. So I'm going to do this. Which was like it was fun for me. Like that's why I, I said that to you. Like I played you because not because I was trying to win. I played you because it was fun for me, and we had spoken, and I listened to pretty much everything you say. So you know it was it was kind of a relationship building sort of thing. And I like you, you want to see what four thousand dollar midfielder yeah. I have that gets a lucky goal because that's yeah, right. that tends to happen to me. Right, and I'll do the the layered thing where I pick the other center back who doesn't score. Right, or the yeah. wrong goalkeeper. That's yeah, right. That's, or I get bailed out on goalkeeper typically. Sure, it happens to me every now and then. But, right. Or uh, today, ninety uh, seventh minute that wipes out my keeper. That I definitely would have won a GPP. That's always a fun one too, especially when it's the team I hate. Um, yeah. So, so like, what me, are what are your go like from like your risk averse, but your I consider yourself good enough to expand your play as your bankroll grows, but probably, but knowing that you see the downs, the ups and downs, even at your level, you're getting you like, you have to like a couple of hundred bucks down is like, 
Like that's a big swing. Like yeah. Well, imagine imagine that times ten. Like that's if you were to play for a living. Like mm-hmm. your your wife gets the doctorate. She's a do- high mighty doctor. At least you could contribute something to the household yes. by yes. doing content and playing DFS. Like if you want to get to the point where you're making fifty to seventy five thousand dollars a year, you have you may have a thirty thousand dollar downswing. Right, and that's not a fun one to take to the wife when she's pulling in a bunch of money and you're like, oh. but so one of the best things when I hit the day I hit that 7,500 and all of a sudden my DFS dreams changed. Um, Gator Keith, I keep calling him Gator, but Keith Jameson told me you can't look at it as like that money now. Like if you say, Oh, I'm down a hundred dollars. Like I could have taken her out to dinner for that. Like it's going to fuck with you and you're going to, and I still do that plenty because so my goal was this and my pretty much everything I do right now is because we're in this like we don't have room in this apartment to live. <laughs> we all our shit is just stuffed in this apartment. We have dreams of a house. So like we have a certain taste and that's what we're going for. I'm 30. I'm ready to like live like a grown up and she's a little younger and she's going to be pulling the money. So I'm, I'm trying to get her that kitchen. I'm trying to get her that bathroom. Like that, those are my goals. So everything I do, I'm just trying to hit that 20% down payment. That is my goal. If I have to pull all, if I have to pull my whole bankroll and put it into that house, then so be it. And I'll start all over again. I don't care. So that was my goal. Yeah. I mean, so, I, like, that's my style. I mean, it, you, you sound like me from 2016. I'm telling you, man. Well, I mean, like you were talking about like, your friends getting mad at you for taking knees and 12 minute quarters of Madden. I did that shit too. So like, like I said, like (laughs) my, my mother-in-law was here not too long ago and we were playing Monopoly and I had one blue and a smattering of other properties and she had a blue and a smattering of other properties. And I was like, let's just trade. Like either I give you the blue and you give me the rest or I'm just like game theorying in my head. I'm like, you're going to like, this doesn't make sense. Like I'm just that guy. Like I want to win. And she didn't do it. And she won. But like we, a lot of what you say really resonates with me. And that's like, that's kind of like that plan is what I want to get to. And that's, that is what drives me. Like I, this, the so rare thing, like I'm not thinking like man down the line, like if I can get this John, Luigi Donnarumma and keeper and he, that's worth 10,000 bucks, baby. And I'm rolling. That's not how I view it at all. It's like, I want to make incremental gains while also like, just having a hobby and if i have an extra bit of money and we can go above and beyond that down like we say i i'm i'm a nit like we save a lot we we save a, we don't do much for ourselves we got our eyes on the house and like it's just these incremental i'm just trying to supplement it right and with and, the housing market the way it is it's getting more expensive actually you're right, not getting yeah, i gotta keep up right i gotta keep up yeah so that's that's what drives me that's what if I look at it as capital that I'm trying to build, it's a lot easier during those downswings. And then like, I'm, I'm at my high watermark at this moment in time. I have more money in my bankroll than I've ever had. If you consider the money that I pulled out. Um, so I can, I could come on here and just be like, yeah, man, it's easy game. Like just, just do it. Just do what blender says and you'll get there. But like, it's, it's a lot of that downswing. And if I didn't hear that when I heard it too, like if I didn't hear it when I heard it, like it would be a different game entirely. Like I might, I might have stopped. I might have just been like, I'm back at even, like maybe I'm done. And like, just 
not even cut my losses, but get out while I can and have this full profit. Because I only kept, when I hit that 7,500, I lopped most of it off through it in the savings because we want that house. And I don't think if I ever heard those two things, the one from Alan and through you and you, you had the podcast on it, like I needed all of that stuff. And actually like there is so much on a bigger, on a bigger plane, like I am very risk averse. Um, I don't know. I, I'm like the ultimate fence sitter. Like I am got to see both sides guys, not with everything with like people acting abhorrently. I can pick a side pretty quickly, but like, I try to empathize with as many things as I can and just see both sides. So like, I'm really indecisive and I've learned so much and I've grown so much as a person just from playing DFS. Like the things that I've learned about like risk aversion and certain game theory things, like I can factor into real life. Um, Bales had that, that article recently about like, if two decisions are basically the same, like just say fucking pick one. Right. And like I've learned so many of those things that have supplemented me as a person. Right, you know, you know, you know what I call that? What's that? Play wherever you want. I mean, it's yeah, the, right. It's the same thing. It's the, the exactly the same thing. Yeah. People and don't get it. I, I say it facetiously, like this guy. I want to do comedy. I hey, hey, whatever, right. entertainment wise. But it's the same. It's the same concept. Of so many people are like, do I play this guy or this guy? And I'm like, from a projection standpoint, they're virtually the same. And every. Flip a coin, and they're like, "How do you how are you playing DFS by flipping coins?" Because the decision barely matters. Save your time on the stuff that matters, and the stuff that doesn't matter. It's why are you spending more than three seconds on this? Just fucking close your eyes and pick one. There you go. Or just Sorry. like find like so. I was when I was covering baseball, I was like really into the sabermetrics, but like I was there right when all that Statcast stuff started happening, like right when it became mainstream. So I'm really into certain stats. I'm really into like the expected WOBA stuff and the batted ball data and stuff. And I used a lot of it in MLB and you just, my, my chart is not great in MLB. Like I'm not basing, well, I did base decisions on it when I was playing, but for soccer, for me, like I find two things that I care about when it, when things are equal and it's kind of like that flow chart that Bales had just in a different way. Like obviously ownership, like if it's, if two guys are basically equal, like who's going to be less owned? play that guy. The other thing for me is like, if I'm picking a forward, I like to punt forwards a lot because to me, they're all the same, essentially like close to it. I think certain guys have just about the same amount of chances of scoring as other guys, unless it's like dudes who are super, focal points of the attack, whatever, but shots on target per 90. When I played that MLS opener, I'm like, who, who leads the MLS in shots on target per 90? It's Valentin Castellanos from NYCFC. And the, the standard deviation or the deviation from the norm on him was, I think it was like 4.9 per 90. And I think the next was like 4.10 and it was in a decent sample size. So I was like, yeah, I'll get him in some lineups. And he was, I think, the most expensive forward on the slate. So that obviously changes things. But I, I glom onto a few things that I think work until I realize that they don't. And But so far, like, that's one thing that worked. He was the first guy to score. And I was like, vindication. Not always the case. But, like, that that that's step two and play whoever you want for me. And in soccer, it's like, well, all things equal, like, who – puts more shots on target. Right. Or who the favorite side is or, you know, like that. Yeah. Right. Like pick one. 
Right, just pick one. Right. I mean, a lot of times in in GPPs, like what I'll I'll just okay. I'm gonna a lot of times in the small field stuff. So the small field stuff with a hundred, a hundred and twenty. You don't. I don't have to worry about the one percent on guy scoring goal at, as much. Uh, I pick. I, I I see what's the chalk construction because a lot of people will play their cash lineups in those types of contests, and then yeah. I go, do I want to stay with the chalk and get different? Or do I want to get? Do I want to get different with the? Do I want to play the? Do I? Do I like? I won uh, the large field, uh, the small field, what a ten thousand a couple of mm-hmm. months ago mm-hmm. by essentially super stacking the chalk. Like basically, like you know what the chalk construction replace the other pieces with even more of that team, and it's just like basically my Man City stack won that because right. I I just like people were playing the three guys that everyone was playing, but I was just playing five of them. I'm just like right. just. If everyone scores and his shots assisted and everything, just give it all to me, even though I have three guys that are like 70% owned in my lineup. But then sometimes it's like, well, instead of doing that, you play no Man City players and you stack leads. Or you or you 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 take uh you take the uh, a man you take a, you take you do one of those one nothing things. Mm-hmm. You go, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh Ederson and Cancelo and no one else. And no right. one's paying up for Cancelo on that slate because of the defense. Because Trent Alexander-Arnold or Lucas Dean is on that slate, so you're gonna you're gonna get a pivot there. And then once you do that one little choice, just plug in the best plays from there because you're playing a hundred-person yeah. contest. So right. it's like I don't even need to do much more. I just make sure I have no negative correlation, so I'm not playing guys against my goalkeeper or any bullshit like that. Right. Uh, and the, and there you go. Like like the amount of decisions that you need to make. Like uh, you 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 notice this. In soccer, and it, but it's the same in every other sport, and, and a lot of people don't don't realize how big field size matters when it comes to the types of lineups that you make. That when you're playing uh, the Thunderdome, when you're playing a 16 man contest, when you're playing a hundred man contest, when you're playing a 50,000 man contest, it's almost like it's almost different game. It's almost like it's like you're playing even like a different game. Mm-hmm. All together, so you have guys that that play DFS that are great at the 150 max large field contests. Then you have guys that are great at the 36 man contests. The skill set for both are like you're. It's like two different games. So you yes. see a screen. Whenever I see a screen, you know, you see screenshots. Someone's won a hundred thousand dollars because they won the the 44 44. 260 man whatever thing contest and I go go you look at and then some people you look at the lineup and there's like there's a snowflake in the lineup it's like yeah because it's a 140 person contest you don't need the nut yeah. score but you're not you don't have to play for the nut score so you just have to make in those contests kind of like one or two big decisions and then play the best play, the, the rest of your lineup is just play the best plays in baseball I'm going to get off this chalk stack play a different stack, but still play the two chalk pitchers, right. play Mike Trout in the lineup. I could sure. win a 120-person contest. But if that lineup in a 70,000-person contest is garbage, is negative EV, like, just don't fucking play. Like, but the, the ones that win the large field, you see the guys like uh, the guys like Brick and the guys like uh, uh, Giant Squid or whatever. They, the Pirates Reds 5-3 when they're both 3% owned and then, like, and the two chalk pitchers in that, and you go, how did they get there? Like, yeah, that's a lineup you would never play in a in a one hundred person contest 
because you're 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 playing like two of the lo- lower half projected stacks on the slate, but they're going to be one. Per- yeah, yeah, they'll be even less. They'll be less than one percent owned in that small field contest. But you just like your projections, like you don't need to do that. So I think the like just like in soccer, like you're playing those large field stuff, and I did also. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the, those are the contests where I'm. Sergio Aguero's chalk. Screw that. Ain't playing him. Playing playing the uh, the forty five hundred dollar forward from you know fucking you know Palace. Is, you know <laughs> from an underdog in another game, and I'm pairing him with the defender and a goalkeeper, and I'm pairing a set piece taker from the the team that has the highest goal scoring odds guy. Like let's say it's it's Sergio Aguero, that's going to be high owned or whatever. So you know one of the Man City forward. And it's like, no, I'll take Kevin De Bruyne, who's still going to be chalky, but pair him with John Stones, who no one's playing, right? right? So that's the one goal in the Man City game, like, like that's, but that's all. That's thinking like that is large field, yeah. Like that, like those occurrences aren't going to happen as often. You're going to get the ownership with it, but when you win, you're you're going to beat five thousand people. But in those hundred person contests, like I never make lineups like that. That's why do I? Why do I have to be that different? I mean, yeah. it's it's soccer. Just find the you know, like dude, did, there's so many defenders to choose. I mean, you could, I mean, even just defenders, and a lot of times half the defender pool is practically the same. Yeah. So it's like you could get different there. Some cheap forty three hundred dollar midfielder when there's no like definitive cheap chalk guy. Like every oh yeah, most people are gonna play Oliver Norwood because he's on three set pieces and he's 3,800, but it's like, dude, play Wilfred and Didi play, play whoever in that. Anyone could score a goal in that range. I play one of the slates. I play, you know, when Thomas Suchek scored twice or something, yeah. he saved my cash lineup. Cause if I'm going to play my attitude, <laughs> I use, but Alex realized that in my past, my biggest leak, a lot of times in cash was being too focused on the set pieces on those types Me, of guys. Man. Me and not the upside of how do I have him save my lineup? So yeah. and so that's why on the Rotowire podcast we always make fun of the Juan Matas, the Tom Cleverleys, the Joe Matinos, those defensive midfielders that have set piece, you know, share. Calvin Phillips, yeah. right? Calvin Phillips, right? Those types of guys where it's like, oh, if I get if they get a couple of set pieces, at least I know I'm getting like three or four points. But the problem is, is that most of the time I'm only getting three or four points. But if I take the 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 guy that shoots from thirty yards out, or the the cheap guy that doesn't have many touches, but his touches are typically in the final third, he'll get a lot of zeros and ones, yeah. but he'll also get twelves and twenties. That like for the same price, why not at least I sacrifice two points in floor for the possibility that if that guy scores a goal, he may save my entire lineup. Yeah. In one shot, like it took it in soccer DFS, it took me years to get into that mindset for cash. Now in GPP, yeah. that's what I would do. I would play those types of guys and be like, "How am I? How am I playing Douglas Louise for thirty two hundred in cash?" Right. Like instead of just I'll spend a little bit more and play Tom Cleverly for Watford for four thousand with his four points, and I'm like, "Well, Louise, you know, gets in the box for for." Uh, Villa or whoever was playing at the time or, or like Ruben Neves was another one that I would 
and he's he'll score five goals a season. I, I love Ruben. <laughs> right, but <laughs> but those types of players in soccer DFS you would never consider cash plays because you look at their game log and you see a lot of one point sixes and two point fours and stuff like that. But the problem is you take a look at someone like like the Norwood types and the Calvin Phillips types, and you see a lot of 5.5s and 6.2s and 4.3s, but you don't really see many double-digit anything. But on Ruben Nevis, you'll see a couple of games where he has 12 or 18 yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a guy. There was a point this year, though, where he was like 3.9 to 4.4 four area where he, I think I did actually play him in some of my cash games. But like, see, but what you're saying, though, is, for me, on a lot of slates where, you know, if, if there's not like Hamas and Mount and maybe Hamas isn't the best example at this point, but De Bryant, like four guys where two of them are forward eligible and you're going to plug all four of them in. Right. That's why I like to punt on those forwards because I can save so much by playing like Vidra or whomever. And the dinky still... do. I mean, you're doing the dinky do. Right. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where you're. you're the Dicky Do I mentioned once in a while on the podcast. The Dicky Do used to be mentioned all the time. Right. Two it, two it sounds, two forwards that are six k or below in your character. Yeah, lineup. sounds like it made a lot more sense back then. Too. I would see. I that's how I build my lineups. So like I, I think a lot of my issue in cash and why that downswing happens because I was playing ultra conservative. I'm like, yeah, Norwood. Like he's got sets and he's 3800. I was doing that a ton. And, and then you take a I, look at like our lineups and we don't have Norwood in them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And. I'm like, oh, well, that was smart, and then I'm like, but it took a lot. It took a long time for me to put that together. Like, well, why didn't they play him? But and without looking at the lineups, I wasn't connecting that. And but then sometimes I, you do, and sometimes you do play, and sometimes yeah. the construction just works out that way. And sure. the end, right? Or sometimes you play three defenders, and sometimes you pay up. Tw- I mean, like every slate. That's what makes I, I like about DFS is that every slate is different. Sometimes you're punting it forward. Sometimes you're not punting it forward. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you're like, I need you need to jam in Madison and De Bruyne at all costs, and whatever it fits in, it fits in. And sometimes you're choosing one of them, and you're like, oh, how come no one else did this? And you see when your 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 lineup scores sixty eight, and you're like, oh, it wasn't. I didn't have a high enough ceiling. Like yeah. you you got you got the mid level games of Madison and De Bruyne for like thirteen points, but it's yeah. like. The rest of your lineup are all three pointer guys. Like, like you need to get a higher score out of those those ten k guys, and you need to know when to play Bruno and when not to play Bruno. I mean, yeah, that's that's another way I stack, by the way, because that's like the one guy who it feels like he's either fifty points or three points. Sometimes I, I think against uh, whoever they played last, it's like three to six points, something like that, and. Greenwood and Rashford, those guys are scoring. So I love I love that big fade kind of stack, but without the main guy, I've won a few that way. But, but the, the point that I was making is like, how wh- will you, as far as you're in the next progression, expanding or something, do you think mm-hmm. that you'd be more likely to move from like the the four the four dollar twenty max type, the one dollar twenty max, those types, the quarter arcade? To get into like the fifteen, the eight, the you know, the the, the main range, or are you more likely to like why don't I pl- why don't why aren't I playing the three figure smaller field? Why aren't I playing the two twenty two with one lineup or something like that? I've so yeah, I've gone over that. I think I would go for the big swings at this point 
and try to get the the ten twenty thousand because I have gone through those downswings and but that's but that's that's less that's more that's more risk. Right, I, I realize that, but like I, at this point, I'm playing with house money because I pulled so much other money out. Like that's the way that I view it. Yeah, but is, shouldn't you not be? Shouldn't you be viewing it as here's money that I'm investing to make more money, not that probably, this is money that it's okay for me to lose. Probably, but once I once I didn't really exchange time straight for that money. Like once it wasn't a job, and like I still have a lot of fun doing this, and. That's kind of, I think, where I. But it sounds like you don't, you don't, you don't want to make it anything more than that. I do, I do. uh, I would love to. I would love to, but it's not my top priority yet. Uh, I I want to get there, but I don't think I don't feel as if I have the means to do it. Like because I guess just where I'm at, and if I'm sticking straight to a budget, like and the way that my cash life has worked like seeing that downside i feel like i'm just better at gpp so i feel like having understood the losses and the risk i feel like i would be more willing to take those big swings because i've seen i've seen the shots go in and i like i've i've won a lot of gpps granted you know dollar smaller the people that i want to be playing the, the game selection that's why i've stayed where i'm at is the, the game selection is huge. And once I moved up, I really struggled. Um, and I, I haven't won a big GVP. I got third once, and a lot of my other swings haven't come close. A lot of times I win the money back. Like right, but, the, the but to me, the problem I see now, compared to when I was in your position, like I started with 400 bucks. So like to say that, oh, I don't have the means is bullshit because you could start from anything. So when right. people are like, oh, you're playing $10,000 in enter, right, you could start with nothing. I started with 400 bucks. I never redeposited, never added to my bankroll, nothing. Right. I started from 400. I'm up to 400,000 in profit. So like that, that, that could happen. So there's no means yeah. like that. But I think the difference now versus in 2015, 2016, the payout structure is much awful. Pay, when I, when I was, the, the, they used to run, and Andrew knows this. The eight, the main GPP was an $8 GPP. It wasn't a $15. It was eight bucks. They ran a $3 one and an $8 one. The $3 one was a 20 max kind of thing. And the $8 one was God knows how much, 150 max, whatever it is. Uh, first place for the $8 GPP was $5,000. Second place was $4,000. Third place was $3,000. Then $2,500. Then it was a very flat payout structure. And first place was only $5,000. And I would play the $8, and I would, I have no problem playing 10, 15 lineups into that because 10th place was 500 bucks, which is mm-hmm. 10% the first place, right? It's the exact payout structure that I would love in everything. So, me putting in those lineups and playing the large field GPPs like that, I didn't mind doing because I would make enough, I would come in eighth place, I would come in 12th, like it would pay enough to pay for all the entries, but now you have 10,000 a first, 3,000 a second, 1,000 a third, and 10th place is like $70. Like that's dramatically different payout curve up top for the same field size in a $15 in a higher dollar entry. So like to me, like the, the risk the that you're doing now is like twice as much as when, like if it was the same payout structure from back when, in 2016, I'd 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 say I think I think I think you're 
I think you're fine. Go do it. But now, I mean, the swings are going to be dramatic. I mean, you've gone through the swings, but I'm telling you that the swings are going to be twice as much as that now because of those payout structures. And that's that's why I avoided doing playing those unless I have tickets. I mean, obviously, like my bankroll can't sustain. Yeah, but even it, the one dollar, even even the lower limit ones are are a little bit steep, right? They're not great. They're not great. Yeah, I played when I'm playing the one dollar and first gets sixty bucks. I'm kind of discouraged. Um, today was like that, and I almost won the thing, and I was sitting pretty, but like. That's it was kind of what I was talking about before, where I'm like, yeah, like I, I don't know, but I haven't considered that next step because I don't feel like I'm close enough. I don't, I just, I don't feel like I'm there, and maybe that's, maybe that's hypocritical, and you know, like maybe my, my thinking is kind of overlapping in the wrong way there, but like, I feel like I can still play these and continue to build better than I could in cash, but the step up seems a little steep for my bankroll. Yeah, but that, you can still play low stakes for that, right? It depends. I'm I'm struggling to think of a contest that makes sense for me. Well, what's your bankroll? Uh, I think I have thirty five hundred at this point. Okay. So if you play if you play five percent of thirty five hundred thirty five hundred, that's one hundred and seventy five dollars. Yeah. Okay. So why Where does that put me? One hundred seventy five bucks. Why can't you? I mean, you could play the. Yeah, you're kind of in a mid zone. That's, yeah, you're right. Saying. You're right. You're kind of in. A, you'd still be playing the lower state. You'd still be playing the the three dollar, four dollar, one dollar type of thing with a bunch of. But play a hundred bucks in cash and low stakes, right? The I, one to two dollars. Stay out of the five plus games. But I couldn't get anyone to pick me up. I got an auto match. Who gives a fuck? Well, so then I'd have to go back and block certain people. Yeah, I mean, I now, could. Now, who cares about blocking at that level? Who's who's playing the one $2 level? That's, God, I, I haven't, this is this is how right. far God it is. I haven't played at that level for over two years. Some of the FSI guys are there, and I would have to make sure I don't auto-match. And going in near lock and un, and pulling all of them out so I don't match with can, can you can you, can you Can you stalk three mans? Possibly. The, 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 I yeah, the, the, I, I'm saying this, and I know the soccer lobby, at least at the final level and above, is fucking dead. Yeah. I, is I mean, if you scroll down, it, it used to be, Alex, it used to be even three years ago, four years ago, I could scroll down and find some no badger and a three man. I could po- I could post a thousand dollars worth of head dads. Mm-hmm. I could post a two fifteen, three one oh nines. 450s, 520s, and by, I wake up Saturday morning at 8.30 and half my games would be taken. And someone's taking a 215 I've never seen before. Like, it'd just be a username I've never fucking seen before. It used to, it used to be that I had, to, I had to limit my, like, it was one of those things where if I wanted to get $5,000 worth of action and not against, like, Saramac or anything like right. that, I could have. And this was like, this is like 2016. Of course, I didn't have the bankroll for that. It's one of those things where I wish I had the bankroll now that I had back in 2016. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm trying to figure, figure out a path forward for you, but it's the reason why I don't play many soccer slates anymore is because like, dude, I, I, I'm putting, I, I used to be, if I wanted to put $5,000 in good action in 2016 into EPL Saturday soccer, I could have. Now, mm-hmm. if I get more than $700 worth of volume in for a cash or something, like that's, I can't even get a thousand. Like so, like so. so that, where's so where's your progress? If I can't even get 
700 in good action and at least decent enough action. Uh, like what, even the one to $2 level, they can't just, they can't just be people hanging out in the three and five mans and double ups that are, are that horrible to be. I mean, I don't see them at the highest. I don't even see them at the five plus dollar level. You're not going to see them at the one, $2. It, is it the type of thing that you got to the, maybe get to the point where you're not just playing soccer? That's why I went to the NBA. That's why I started this. Cause I did, I wanted more action. And then, so kind of my, my progression was I was playing head to heads and I was playing, you know, the, the 80, 20, 80, 20% split, which is, which is, cash. which is a misnomer, which I don't think people should. Truthfully, <laughs> I think at your, at your level, you shouldn't even be playing fucking cash games. Okay. So I don't now, but like what I was doing was I was playing head to head and people, I was getting those euros to pick me up and I was winning. Like, if you look at my roto, tracker if you pull out my my four the one was 950 if you pull out my five now 500 plus dollar gpp wins my head-to-heads like was way better than any other style of game i was playing because i was killing people i was getting a bunch of people and i was killing them and then it started where i was getting emu up and your name those are the only two people uh fear the turtle was picking me up who like these are borderline blacklist guys for me, and they were the only ones picking up my head heads, and I just started losing money because no one else was picking right. Up you weren't getting any money. soft action whatsoever. So that's that's why I went to GPPs only because I was like, I think I'm better at this anyway. Let's give it a shot, and it's been okay. But I went into NBA thinking like, okay, so if I'm good enough with the game theory, and I I feel confident that I am after taking the course and playing enough soccer to where I understand what works from a game theory perspective. I was like, I could go into NBA because I understand what I should be looking for. And I understand the game, you know, not like I know sports. I'm going to go in here and know basketball in my way to GPP wins. I know some of the other stuff that I should look for. Not everything because I haven't played it, but my move to basketball was one. I like the NBA. It was right when top shot was coming out and I was like, I'm kind of back into it. So that was part of it. But also like, I could fuck around and win a hundred thousand dollars, and all of a sudden we're not talking house goal anymore. We're talking content DFS for a living. Maybe not there, but like I understand I could probably get there. And I started doing it, and the opportunity cost became too much. I wasn't winning, so I was like, I don't necessarily want to play to see this through because I don't enjoy the experience. And because of the way that my job lines up, like, I don't think I could do MLB right now. I definitely couldn't, like... MLB is easy. Come on. You could do MLB. Maybe, but I'd have to learn it. And I don't, like, if I put anything else into my brain while I'm trying to work, I would get fired. <laughs> because well, how, like, about, how about MMA? How about PGA? How about, I mean, if, you, if you're good at soccer show, if you're good at soccer showdown, those type, that type of mentality of very limited player pool... How do I get different with the construct? You're building a one, one, nothing. It's very similar. Like MMA, obviously there's no like scratch, just trying to find unique lineups and what people aren't doing, but it's like NFL showdown, NBA. Why not NBA late, late show, like the 10 o'clock game showdown. I could, I don't stay. I'm in bed by nine for one, (laughs) but you, but you you understand what I'm talking about. Like those, those types of, because, because there, it's not just a sport. It's also, you could you could be MLB showdown and like you don't play the classics late. You're just like Sunday night MLB. You know you're gonna play twenty lineups into the whatever because you're you got accustomed to the soccer showdown 
learning about lineups, not players, building those constructions that people aren't going to build. And those contests are actually pretty decently sized. Yeah. Yeah. It, I've, I've given thought to it. Very recently, I've thought about MMA uh, when, you, when you were talking about it this week on the podcast, actually, or last week, one of the two. Um, I was I, a 1v1 I, away from a fucking 50,000. Yes. No, I, the last week and then this week also. Fucking buzzard. Fucking the cults. <laughs> And I like MMA a lot. And my wife likes MMA too. Like we like watching MMA. So like I can get into it. PGA I've tried and played and I like watching golf too. But that the fact that that just sits that dead cost by day two when I have three guys miss the cut just sits in my. No, no. M- MMA, MMA is uh, the DFS is either the best or the worst. Cause either one of the depends. Obviously I play, I'm playing a ton of lineups. So I have everyone. So no matter what happens, I'm going to have a lineup with something in it. But like you have a slate where here's here's the choice. Would you rather would because what ends it's the only sport that you could l- be dead to win first place in less than ten seconds into the slate, <laughs> right? Like it's like you, it's not like I'm not talking about like golf. You have a withdrawal like like uh, I'm talking about yeah. like they actually competed like the the, but the fight when started and in ten seconds someone gets knocked out and if you don't have that fighter. You cannot win a GPP. End of story. And then it could also be that you're going to play 20 lineups and you're going to lock a guy in that's the minus 7 million favorite and they fucking lose a decision (laughs) and now all your lineups... I mean, like, it's... like it's it's And to me, that's what makes it interesting because, like, I'm... I embrace the variance and MMA, there's so much... This... People... It's this... That 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 linear black and white type of thinking happens where like on the, the slate from a week ago, like the 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 biggest favorite on the slate was was uh, Al Hassan. Mm-hmm. I watched it. I and I still have plenty of Al Hassan. But Malkoon was was a Al Hassan was a minus three hundred five favorite. Malkoon was plus two thirty. Like Malkoon was like like ten percent owned. And Alisson was 50% owned. But, like, even finishing percentages, yeah, Alisson had a 61% chance to end the fight early. Mm-hmm. Malcoon had a 16% chance to end the fight. Like, but he's only 10% owned. Why don't I, I have Malcoon in lineups? Why wouldn't I? But people look at that and go, well, uh, uh, Alisson is going gonna, is gonna to kill him. I say, yeah, that's the most likely result, but it's only going to have, what's minus 305? Like minus three hundred five is not one hundred percent of the time. I mean, right. it's like they look at the huge favorite, even minus eight hundred favorites. You're gonna I lose know. more than ten percent of the time. I mean, but pe- but it's a shock to people. So all you have to do is embrace the variance, build those types, like what you do with those one nothing games. Mm-hmm. But also understand that if it's not one nothing, you're gonna lose. A, you're gonna lose a lot in the. You're gonna play every week. Yeah, and hope that you put in Austin Hubbard over fucking Romanoff, and you win fifty thousand in a three way split. But you don't because you because you didn't play. I didn't play a lineup with that much leverage. That was that that tilted me. The last See, I did the Marquez one. At least I had a unique lineup. This one I didn't have a unique lineup. It would if it, it was I, I had Romanoff over Hubbard in that lineup. And if I had Hubbard who scored twenty points more because Romanoff has got, got his fucking dick kick off of him or something. I don't know if you watched it. I don't know no, what happened. He kind of got kicked in his leg, and then he said he couldn't fight anymore because of a fucking. And then they then they went to scorecards, and he should have <laughs> lost. I would I wouldn't be pissed off if he lost because he should. Espino should have won that fight, but 
But no, Romanoff wins, and they both don't have a... Like, it's one of those things that i rather the underdog win because the underdog is cheaper, so that means the score would at least be better with the extra 30 points. Mm-hmm. But when you have a guy that's like 8,800 that only has 67 points, you ain't fucking winning anything. So, like, that's whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll get off my fucking thing for MMA. But, that, but that's the type of shit that you could do in MMA. And it, how much time... Like, this, to me, to me, people, you listen to some of these shows and they talk about, like, uh, strikes per minute and all this type of stuff. It's like, dude, this is MMA. One fucking, one fucking punch could lay anyone out. Right. You could build any... This guy hasn't fought in four years, so he's going to be bad. Who says? Come back four years, he's fucking Frankenstein. Who knows? <laughs> or they, they have... Uh, this woman is going to... Oh, that she hasn't fought in whatever like that and come... And, uh, 6,800, you win a decision and you get 70 points, you can still be in the optimal lineup. That's so it's so like, so I, it, it, it take to me, MMA is a, not a, I could just look, I, I, I could just look at the Vegas lines and just take a look at the ownership and I'm like, I'm going to build 80 lineups and then just basically set like ownership product Right. Where I just, I don't want it to be too chalky. I'm trying to, I'm playing large field GPP. Right. So I set a cap on my ownership product and it just like, and I set a minimum, a minimum salary that's like 1500 lower. So I can make lineups that like just leave tons of money on the table. And it's just like, give me 80 lineups. And then whatever it shows up as, and I may curtail, I may go, oh, everyone's going to be on this heavyweight fight. So I'm just going to, I'm going to be under on that. So I'm going to cap them at 20 and then run it again. And then it's like, well, what do you, who do you have in this? I have everyone. It's a fucking, it's a 14, five, I got 28 fighters in my pool. Cause anything could happen and it's fucking MMA. And if it just so happens to be that the, the the eight lineups that I have McLoon in, I hope I have the right fucking combination of everyone else. Right. Right. And then you just t- you and then my, I I judge it by uniques. Like I just all I have to do is download the CSV and see how many times my lineups are duplicated. Mm-hmm. And, and I I don't I aim for all uniques, but I know that that's unreasonable. But I'm yeah. looking for five or less, and then I judge myself based on that. And then there's some slates where I literally have no lineups that are five or less, and I go. I don't even give a shit if I win. I, I I fucked up. I did. I I I played too chalky, and whatever happens happens. But my EV is going to be negative anyway in the long run. But playing that style means you're gonna you're gonna lose like fucking all the time, right? right? But but to me, I'm I'm putting in a thousand bucks. I'm putting twelve hundred bucks. I have a two hundred thousand dollar bankroll. Like that's a half of a percent of my bank. I mean, like that's fine. Right. I'll, I'll take a shot like that. But I'm but I'm not putting. 5,000, 10,000 on MMA. I'm just like, okay, I know the style of what I'm playing. I'm going for 50,000. I had a shot last during COVID. I had a shot at a three-way tie for the million. That would have been 330 plus thousand dollars if Kamaru Usman could have just clenched some more and that fight didn't go as far as it did. I knew I barely had a shot. People in the the Roto Grinders (laughs) Discord were like, you have a shot. Because I was heading into the main event. I was in first place. It was one of those things where we need the main event to be a dud. Yeah, right. But but I'm like like no, Usman is chalk. It's a five round fight. He does takedowns. Uh, people are rooting for me, going, "Oh, we're rooting against these guys." And I'm like, dude, I have like a three percent shot of winning. <laughs> like ninety seven, <laughs> right? Ninety seven percent of the time, Usman puts up enough points that I get blasted out by all these other lineups. And so I, I'm even setting it up. And then, but by the third round, there was a lot of clenching. So I could I, I checked the scoring in the first two rounds. I'm like, dude. If this continues this way, it's quite possible that he does not score enough. And of course, they fucking take down, take down, whatever. Right. He scores 140 points, and I'm not not even close. Uh, but that, but th- to me, those are the sweats for for MMA. But it fits 
when you were talking about like those that one nothing like that very because I think you put it very very correctly very astutely that you're building construction for the contest that it's in based on what your opponents are going to do. You've decided on, you, even if you just want to have a blanket strategy of every showdown, I'm building as many one nothing type lineups as possible, and I'll just do this all the time until and wait for the binks, yeah. right? Like you, right. But you could do that in PGA, MMA, like the types of the showdowns, the limited field stuff where, where you could have that set strategy of like every, okay, who's the big, who's the big underdog for the MMA card? Make sure I have double the field of that guy. What's the heavyweight fight that people, either people are not going to or not are going to go to because that either turns into a dud or one guy scores a million points yeah. and do whatever the field, whatever the opposite of the field. Right. Do the op and then just, uh, just do something like that and then throw, I'm going to throw in 50 lineups and like how much time even from the, like, like, do you need for that? Right. Yeah. It's not done. And the other thing too is like, that would be something I would want to get into because like I got into soccer because I love soccer. I, I got into soccer originally because I was in sports radio. And if you want to listen to the most, the lowest common denominator opinions for eight hours a day, go work at a sports radio station. And like, by the time I was out of there, I'm like, I don't ever want to hear about the NFL again. And then soccer, it's like this small community in America where most of the people that I meet and like they're passionate about it and want to know about the game and stuff like that. But I got into it and I had a lot of biases like we I think you, Andrew and I had a discussion one point on Twitter about like I played Hakeem Ziyech when Mason Mount was clearly on the set. And I was like, there was a chance and I like Hakeem Ziyech. Like I still fall victim to a lot of my biases. So like with the MMA stuff. I know Stipe because he's a Cleveland guy and I watch a lot of Stipe fights and I've watched some other full cards and I really enjoy it, but I don't have those same type of biases. So like with MLB, like I think I'm way too like in the weeds. Like I know the sport. I don't want to be that guy. And while I know enough of the game theory strategy and stuff, I don't know that I would be able to overcome my biases. And also it just doesn't work time-wise for me and the opportunity cost. But MMA, like, it's like I'm going into it with a strategy, and these are names on a paper to me. And right, well, that's the way I I, ne- I never watched that's, MMA that's until COVID because that was the only goddamn thing that was. On. Yeah, right. That's why I would want to get into that. So that that actually makes a lot of sense to me, and maybe I'll go that way. It's just right now that thing for me is so rare, and I'm not may I'm not going to make that ten thousand, fifteen thousand. But it's just been another fun thing with my time. If I wanted to expand my DFS, which I do. I think it would be something like MMA or I tried tennis once and it made sense to me. It was intuitive, but I didn't try it too much longer just because I didn't want to take the time to figure it out. But MMA, like I, I like the sport and it's a blank slate to me. So, right, so, so, right, so right now you're, you're like what I, what, what I say, or I've said in the past, it's for you, it's all just soccer out the ass. Yes. Yeah. That's I'll play other things every night. If I'm going to sit down and watch a game, like if, if Imagine watching the games. Oh God, that's a good old time. Yeah. I when the hell do you run? It's it's um, the more I play DFS, the less I care about that. Actually, that's, MMA. No, I enjoy MMA. I will okay. watch the See, entire I, MMA, MMA card. But I for watch, baseball or basketball, I've not watched an NBA game this entire. Uh, it almost it doesn't even interest me. It, it it's weird. In the beginning, when I used to pl- when I played soccer in the I would watch. 
MLS all day. Okay, I got I got EPL Saturday morning. I'm watching soccer the entire time. And now Premier League slates happen now, especially with the three, and it's at different times. I literally do, I have the notifications on SofaScore to know when the goals happen. I don't even turn. I'm not, and it's not like I'm doing anything else. Right. Like I'm just I'm fucking around doing. Like I just I don't I'm not even interested in watching the games at all. It's it's almost as you get as you get more and more involved in DFS, the less. Because the less that it's like, what what does me watching do? It doesn't even do like yes. It, it and and I and I've sweated everything. I've gone through yes. all the highs and all the lows, right? So like the the dopamine rush you get from even watching and seeing if your player's gonna hit it, like that even becomes passe of like, I can't control it. I'll just get it. it'll happen when it happens. When the slate is over, I'll check to see if I won, type of thing. I'll check the slate. I'll look at my DraftKings app and go, oh okay. I'll check the MLB app and go, oh, this team put up eight runs and I have a bunch of them. Let me yeah. see if I have any good lineups. And then once I see if I have good lineups, then maybe I watch the late Diamondbacks game because I have someone and then I'm sweating first place. But that doesn't happen that often. So outside of that, it's like, like what, am, what, what do I gain from watching? I don't really love the sweats either. Like when I won that 7,500, it was I had McCarthy because I figured everyone ahead of me had Pope. And I was rooting for a Southampton win against Burnley. And I was like, this game's going to suck. And I was like, I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to sweat a soccer match hoping nobody scores. Like, that. that is a miserable experience. Like, no, 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 don't shoot. Like, if, if you're watching, you're like, oh, I need a header off of a corner to win this GPP. Every corner is like this. Right, you see, see what numbers are coming up, right? You see, yeah. see yeah, those right. center, you see those twos and those threes, yeah, the five, right. the number five, or you see the center backs coming up. Sweating a goalless draw or sweating <laughs> something like it's not fun. But yeah, so that again, like that was working in sports radio for me. Was the longer I was doing it, I was like I don't, I don't care. It's like I just don't care. And then now with DFS, like my brother's a City fan, and the last game I got to watch with him was the last Champions League against Lyon when they lost. And he's, like, excited when things are going well for City, and then ultimately it didn't go well. But the whole time I'm sitting there, and I know I had to be just annoying as shit because I'm like, oh, I have him. Like, I hope he crosses here. And he's like, he cares about the outcome, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, score points. And it had to be just a miserable experience for him, especially when City lost. But, like, the, the prism through which I view the games that I'm watching now is it's not particularly fun to watch things, but yet when I am going to sit down and watch a game, I make sure I find it on DraftKings. So that's kind of some cognitive dissonance there. Isn't that, isn't that what they want though? That's the whole, that's the whole point. Yeah. That's the same thing with sports betting. It makes the games more interesting. Right. To me, it makes the games games less interesting uh, because we're doing it from the other way around. Right. Right, it's kind of, it, kind of weird. It, does. it makes other things less interesting unless I was already planning. Like, if I care so much that I'm going to watch it, I want to bet on it. If I'm going to bet on it, I probably don't want to watch it. Like, the only soccer matches that are appointment viewing for me now is Tottenham. And one, they suck. And two, I won't play a lot of them because I'm like, I just want to watch it like a fan. But, like, I don't enjoy the fan experience a whole lot. And especially the way the fan culture is like, I, I just don't want a part of it. So it goes both ways for me, but mostly like, yeah, if I'm, if I'm in on those NBA classic slates, when I was sitting down to watch 
NBA games, I'm watching the Celtics and Jason Tatum's taking 20 shots and Jalen Brown, who I have, is just like passing to him over and over. It makes it a miserable experience for me. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. So I don't I don't go out of the way to watch games that I'm betting on anymore. Well, that's a, the, the, the way that I experience sports is through Louisville City and racing Louisville. So like to <laughs> me, like there's no USL DFS. There's, they're not going to put the second division if MLS contest doesn't fill. They're not going to have USO. I can, I'll watch Louisville. I watch Louisville City games. I'll watch Racing Louisville now, NWSL, even though they, yeah. may, they may end up with some, maybe not anymore. But like to me, because now I could sit down and I'm rooting for my team. Right. As opposed to when you play DFS every day, you don't care what teams win. You don't even care who's in first place, who's going to make the playoffs. None of it matters. It's like my lineups, that's it. No, nothing. Mookie, you have Mookie Betts in your best lineup. He comes up to bat for the Dodgers. He strikes out. You know what you do? You move on with your life. Who cares what the Do- Who cares if the Dodgers win today? Mookie Betts struck out in the bottom of the eighth, and ain't they ain't gonna get another at bat. Fuck it. Turn off the game. Done. Who cares? Right. Right. Yeah. That's why. That's I'm just watching. Like that's why a lot of times I just want to watch Spurs because also. How telling would it be if I'm losing money and they suck? Like they suck and I have to deal with it. And then I don't want to lose money on it too. That's not fun for me. So, and they're a horrible team for DFS as well. So, well, that's, yeah, what, that's what you get for getting rid of a good manager and hiring someone that's supposedly good that now isn't really. <laughs> I said it at the time, but right. I don't know why. why that uh, that's unexplainable to me. I don't know. And now, now I feel like they have to keep him because I don't know financially it puts him in a worse position. They have to like, keep him I, for three years. He always he's, as long as he stays for three years. That's. That's what he normally does, right? I hope they just back him. I hope they just back him in the transfer market. They're not. They're not going to spend money. They don't want to spend money. That's the problem. And especially with COVID, they couldn't have NFL games, so they built that big-ass stadium and no one's in it. (laughs) Great time. Go Spurs. So uh, people could follow you on Twitter at Lex Hooper. Yes, sir. And, you, of course, since you're in media, you have a a blue check mark. Yes. Yeah. uh, Apparently, that's the only way you can get a blue check mark. I, yes, I leveraged my um, social media guy at CBS when I was working there. I was like, can you get, can you get these for us? Because, like, I want people to think I'm actually important when in theory or when in reality. Yeah, just, as long as you work for a journalist media, they, they give people those. And then if you apparently Roto Grinders isn't a media outlet or whatever, who cares? Who cares about the blue check mark? Doesn't matter. Why did I bring Me, it? Because I leverage it to make people think that I matter, but I don't. Yeah, but you I'm don't. Like, hey, I don't. No, but it, you should. The the day I got that check mark, I responded to Ledley King on Twitter, and he followed me like that. I'm like, why would you ever follow? Like, I cover high school sports in Ohio at this point in time. Like, why would you ever follow? Maybe but he wants he to pick up your head to heads. <laughs> he should. I think I could beat him. <laughs> so when when you when you expand to other things, uh, let let us know about it. You'll, you come back on and. You're either going to come, you're, what's going to end up happening a year from now, you're going to come back on, you're going to either explain why you now, you have a new house, right? Yeah, Cause you, yeah, you, and you were able to buy the house outright, right? Not just the down payment, you just bought it outright. Say that, Tony. Right, it's either going to be that or you're going to explain why you're not playing any DFS anymore because you're broke and divorced. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> It's a, I, I just got to keep winning, man. That's the thing. I just got to keep winning. I'm my $7,500 that I won on that third place finish or whatever. That's going to prop me up. That's going to prop my marriage up for years. Did you, did, like, you, yeah, did you, did you abide by the first rule of DFS though? What's that? You don't know the first rule of DFS? Uh, maybe. Depends on what it is. <laughs> 
I don't know if that's the top of my head. The first rule of DFS is whenever you have a decent sized woman like that, you bribe your significant other with a gift. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time. Every single time. Every big one. Yep. Buttered earrings. I bought myself an Xbox eventually, but earrings were the first purchase. And when I won $1,000, I got her something too. Yes. That's, right. and, and the earrings, you'd that. like, every slate, she has to wear the earrings so that when you're spending an hour to build lineups, you could point and go, you see those earrings? And then she goes, okay, I get your point. Close the door, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to yeah, grease those wheels. Yeah, I I didn't know everyone else was. See, that's like the other day you said, like, I listen to content to see what everyone else is doing. When you said that, I was like, I thought I was the only one who did that. And I was like, of course I'm not. So it's kind of the same thing. It was like, you said that. I'm like, oh, I thought I was the only one who bribed my significant other. So, right. I'm, well, you have. That's I'll the, sh- that's the first rule of that I pegged it, the first rule of DFS. It is. Once you, I, once you do that one time. Then it's like time to now it's it's time to build the lineups. I got to, my wife knows an hour before lock for anything is is lineup time. Like she doesn't even bother. She's like, I close the door. Yeah. She doesn't talk seven. Typically she knows seven o'clock for weekdays. It's like once six o'clock comes around, fucking unless the house is burning down, no one's gonna be talking to me. Um, man. My wife has this understanding as well, and I don't know if it's just because of the gifts. It's because she's awesome, but like. She she would be better at this than me. So why is she's she playing? A, I don't think she cares. And she's but she's Tolbert did it with her with his wife. With Jet, they won the Millie or something. Why not? What they maybe, get to a game. maybe Sunday? She's getting a doctorate in psychology with uh, biostatistics bio certificate. Like she's she already knows that. I'll be talking to her. This poor woman listens to me talk about my lineups while we're on walks. Like. I, lineups lock we go on a walk and i'm like oh well i had you know greenwood and she's like "Uh uh-huh but like she knows all of the biases that i bring up and she's like already got it like if she played it regularly she would be she would wipe the floor with me then do it maybe that shit once she sees that kitchen once she gets that little taste of that that kitchen and that bathroom once once she gets to take once the doctor gets taste of that sweet dfs money right That's seventy five hundred I won back, you know, five years ago. Once she you knows what the upside is, yeah, right. yeah, she's got to understand. Right. I'm an upside play. I'm a GPP play. Like she's, I was, uh, I was a four thousand dollar forward, and she took a chance on me. So I'm just trying to score goals. Right. That's a that's a that's a good that's a good analogy. Right. Me me I'm 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 it, I'm I'm more of the I'm the Tom Cleverly. <laughs> right, I'm I'm the I'm the forty eight hundred dollar defensive midfielder with set pieces. That's just kind of like not flashy, not particularly no not not that much upside, but not much downside. That's like I knows that could go ninety minutes, right? Go ninety minutes, consistent. Don't have to worry about anything. Could be safe and whatever. If nice floor, and there that that's that that's that's who I am. That's what I want to be, but right now we're a, we're a small club. No, we're no, just... you you want you want to be you want to be Kevin De Bruyne. You want to be. Well, I mean, always. Right. You want to be you want to be the guy that's on set. You want to be the guy that's on set pieces that also is on penalties that also is the fulcrum of all the offense that is that that is expensive, flashy, and and you need to jam into all your lineups. That's okay. It sounds good to me. She just wants me to be Ruben Loftus Cheek. But oh, I can wants to be Loftus Cheek. <laughs> I don't look like him, so I think that's what she wants. Okay, so Lex Hooper on Twitter. 
At Lex Hooper, if you say the whole thing, it sounds like my name. Oh, because the at at Lex. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> and then, uh, then your 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 content. You're, you're on the uh, the FSI channel. You don't do it on your own channel anymore on YouTube. I keep telling myself I'm going to upload it there concurrently, but I'm too lazy to. Yeah, FSI. So that's Tilt City. If you want to get into soccer, DFS soccer, it's it's there. That's we're learning. That's too. the best. I, what a selling point! It's there. <laughs> it's, I might put that on our tagline. Right. It's there. It's, you need some it's, content. It's there. And a lot of times the slates are at different times from other sports. So, right. If you want to play it, if you want to play a showdown at seven thirty in the morning on Saturdays, it's there. Another reason I like soccer. Wake up, get my Sunday at eleven. Ready. It's there. Like that's. I think that's a good tagline for DFS soccer. It's it's there. It's there because it's the it, Tuesday afternoon. You want to play some some type of French league showdown? It's there. It's there. It's there right? for It's always there. It's always there. Just go to SOC in the DK lobby. You'll find something. NWSL Challenge Cup Exhibition Showdown. It's there. For now. Right? For now. <laughs> That's a good timeline. Soccer. DFS soccer. It's there. We'll go and, with that. And uh, you know what else is there? The Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass that you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com.